Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Iron and Soul podcast. Um, with me today is my man Colton, and I forgot to ask you what your last name is. I'm so bad at that. Walter. Walter. Colton Walter. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, I'm super excited about this one, this because because Colton's into some things that I am also really into, so we'll get into that a little later, as lots of the... Um, guests have been but Colton is a weirdly enough someone else from the jujitsu gym <laughs> seems like in the in the apocalypse right now that's who I'm uh, hanging out with and mm -hmm. having conversations with so yeah, uh, same. real quick before we start a um, sweet man um, I don't know him at all um, from the gym named Connor do you know Connor uh, yeah, yes okay so Connor sent me this really sweet Instagram message and said how he loved the podcast and that now I have two listeners because I joke about the one listener. So he, <laughs> he's the second listener. So Connor, thank you so much. And I look forward to a conversation with you sometime. So, um, all right, Colton, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Stoked to be here. How's it going? Good, man. Just hanging out. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's good. been kind of a, um, weirdly busy morning really we went got up and did some food prep but i got my toe i don't have my um well i could just got my toes done again today those are beautiful yeah i got some wow. sparkly nice. blue today nice so nice. yeah you're um not wearing vans i'm really surprised by that <laughs> they're yeah. actually really white chucks yeah high no, tops i What's put on that? my uh, my going out shoes for this podcast for this audio only podcast. Audio <laughs> only podcast. <laughs> so the, so the viewers at home could not see these. So the viewers at home that are not seeing these, these are looks like almost brand new mm -hmm. white Chuck high tops. So old school, yeah. sure. Pretty, pretty badass. And he even has them, um, <laughs> laced around the back mm -hmm. yeah. and up. No, so my cool. life is action packed, so I got to keep them on as tight as possible. <laughs> Just in case you might have to you, run. You never, yeah, in case yeah. I have to run. <laughs> you just have to sprint. <laughs> sprint in those. Can you believe they fucking used to play basketball in those things? I love it. I've seen people box in these. They box in those? Yeah, yeah. I like back in the day or no? No, no. I've seen people at amateur shows fighting in Chuck Taylors. Didn't know them from Adam, and I was like always like, I, I hope they win. <laughs> I wonder if like they do a, um, like have a similar heat, like a heel or what, not heel. What's the, the bottom like to, a, to a, yeah, to, sole yeah. to a boxing shoe. I, they, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. They honestly, they're unforgiving. Like they're just as hard to break in as like a pair of red wings. I think. Oh God. They're yeah. like, they're, I can't, I can't wear them anymore because I'm a no sock guy. Mm, I really mm. have a hard time wearing socks. I don't know why mm. that is. Maybe because when I was a, more of a fat power lifter, it was hard to <laughs> put socks Fair on enough. as long as long <laughs> like with tying them and right. putting socks on is really difficult. Oh, just a chore. So I haven't. I don't. Only in the winter do I wear socks. So mm -hmm. chucks tear my feet up until they're broken in. Yeah, they're so, yeah unforgiving, man. They really are. They really yeah. And just like lounging around in them, they're like they're so uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Then for, why for fashion, him? baby. Just for fashion. For fashion. You are a pretty fashionable so. guy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, was, oh, CrossFit. Back in the day when CrossFit mm -hmm. first started, mm -hmm. everybody worked out in Chucks. Oh, that's it awesome. was really strange and very cool. strange. I mean, I did, yeah, super I did strange. Too, but like, the whole culture is kind of strange. Well, but, but it was like know, that flat sole. Like you needed the flat mm -hmm. sole to, to mm -hmm. squat, to box sense. jump, to all those things until mm -hmm. really. 
people started making um, shoes for CrossFit. Um, I can't remember the first shoe, but then of course Reebok came in. Hmm. What are the shoes for CrossFit like? I'm flat sold. So oh, like you okay. can, yeah. so you can like go in deadlift, gotcha. power clean, and then jump and do some box squats or, you know, like in those wad stuff. So yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So mm-hmm. where did your, um, passion for shoes or like vans and things like that come from? Hmm. So probably like sophomore, junior year of high school, I was like interested in fashion. So I would buy a lot of cool things, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't know how to pair them. And I would just, I would wear like an Adidas shirt with like a nice pair of like red wing boots. And I was like, it just, it looked weird. (laughs) It was just so confused looking. (laughs) It was so weird. (laughs) Gangster yet punk rock. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was super athletic (laughs) and confused. But, um, so I started then like collect, like I, like I said, I would go to thrift stores and find like the coolest shit, like vintage denim jackets. And I just wouldn't know how to wear them. Like I would try, but I would like pair them with really weird things. So I've always had that, like that eye for mm-hmm. like cool things, I guess, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that even means, things that I've liked. And now as I've gotten older, my taste has gotten a little more simple, a little simpler. Yeah. So back then I would like try to do like layers and it would, you know, Uh, add to the confusion or the, you know, the confused look. And now I'm just like, okay, jeans, slip on Vans, t-shirt, that'll do it. When you say simpler, but as your, as your taste gets simpler, does it get more expensive? No. Uh, I think it gets cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah. Cause I've had the same like Vans for like years now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, I just gave a pair of like, I, back to the Red Wings again. I gave a pair of Red Wings away to like really? a good friend of mine. Yeah. And I was like, it was such a good feeling because I never wear them and he nice. was so stoked. Nice. So I was like, oh, that's an awesome feeling. Okay. So just Vans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this pair of Chucks or do you have some other Chucks? So yesterday I got rid of like half my closet. What? Yeah. Why yesterday? I, I just, I had to force myself to do it. I had time and okay. I have been like dreading it, but also desperately needing to, cause I have so much clothing that I just never wore. And once again, I've like, I've always, I'm always collecting like things that I think look cool mm-hmm. yet. I'll like never wear them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like somebody else would probably like really enjoy this. So I then like giving them away to friends who are like super stoked. They're like, I've never seen you wear that. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, now now you can, yours. yeah. Now you can <laughs> hopefully enjoy it. So now I have. These, which my girlfriend got me for my birthday a few weeks ago. Aww. So stoked. Yeah. A pair of like mint green high tops, Chuck Taylors. Mint. They're sweet. Nice. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Blue uh, slip on vans. I know those vans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know them well. <laughs> awesome. I think I might have worn those yep. by accident. That's right. I had to wear I had to wear uh, Matt's Marvel flip flops home. <laughs> I was like, this is so embarrassing. Um, yeah, so I have those slides and um yeah, like I said, just got rid of my uh, a pair of boots. So now I only have one pair of boots. Okay. They're like these vintage Cabela's like hunting boots that are like have the uh, the f- like the the roper look on the front, like oh, the flap yeah. on the front. Yeah. So they're they're really sick, um, but they're so old and like I'm not super interested in getting sh- like boots resold. Oh. Like that seems like a process. As like cool as that trade is, it just seems like. I could buy another pair of shoes. There's a guy, there's a place across the river I think that does that. Really? Yeah, like a, I think a, a big deal kind of place. Like oh, he's nice. really good at it. I think that's what I heard. I have to double check that. Right though. on. Yeah, yeah, no, that that trade is so cool. That's something oh that I would God. love to get into. Yeah. Um, but that's given me a reason to like look for a new pair of boots, and I'm like eyeballing uh, these these. I think they call them Crazy Horse Doc Martins. So they're not that like black slick like hipster boot. Mm-hmm. They're like 
very blue collar looking and once they're broken in and like worn, they just look better and better and better. Nice. So I, I've kind of justified buying those by getting rid of most of my other shoes. I heard a rumor and I don't, I don't, I haven't looked into it on the internet at all, but like docs changed their like soles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're not as um, comfortable anymore. I don't, I don't know. Or something about them. They're not the same anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've never owned a pair of doc Martens. Um, I hear there's a a dude on YouTube who cuts boots in half and like dice, like literally dissects them and like checks out like how they're made, like the different layers. And it's, it's pretty sad like that compared to like a red wing boot, which has it like, they're almost impossible to cut in half. First of all, he uses like a a bandsaw and then it's like fills his room with smoke because it's it's just like, it's cutting through it and it's so difficult while like a Chuck or not a Chuck Taylor, a uh, Doc Martin boot. He can just cut in half with a scalpel. By Whoa. hand, yeah. I so, wonder, like, if you went back in time and pulled a pair from like the nineties mm. or eighties or nineties, if it would be the same type of. Yeah, that'd be really deal. interesting. I had, I got into Doc Martens once again, the kind of classic, the shiny one, mm-hmm. eight eyelid or sixteen eyelid or ten eyelid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking terrible to break in. Really? Oh, I could never, I could never wear them enough to mm. br- when I was younger to right. break them in. They yeah. were just like just unforgiving like you said yeah and then yeah. eventually um i got a pair of old school like the old school ones and i just warm and warm warm broke them in. and then i found a really cool similar to like uh like a work boot doc martin with a steel toe oh nice oh so they look like don't look like regular doc martins and mm. those are my favorites oh, that's so i'll awesome. wear them sometimes that. i'll wear them laced mm-hmm. like and nice. jeans over them or sometimes mm-hmm. i'll wear them kind of all floppy Mm-hmm. She's tucked in, nice, you know, nice. depending on what kind of kind of look I'm looking for. Yeah, for know? sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I love that. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, getting rid of most of my closet, I can now justify buying a new pair mm-hmm. and they just, yeah, I, I'm, I've been in love with them. The look of them for like months now. So I'm really stoked on them. Do you know which ones? You're, so you're going to buy that? Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, like I said, they're like a, they have two different colors. One's like a, a chocolate and then like another dark on like the, the laces and like, the, I think even the, the like rivets are a, a darker color like that. The one that I want has like g- kind of like gray accents. Oh, yeah. Nice. And they're called crazy horse. They're just so sick looking. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm stoked. So what got you into like kind of this fashion thing, mm. high school or just kind of trying to look, I, I don't, I don't want to say cool is not necessarily the word, but like mm. having some th- thought in it. I guess. It was definitely the, uh, drive to look cool (laughs) yeah no i desperately wanted to be cool Mm -hmm. um i'm sure that had a big part to do with it but probably just like when i started to get into music and this like southern california beach vibe like with like all the music that i was listening to in high school and like the southern california punk scene that I had like no connection with living Uh, in Andover, Kansas, but just like Andover. Yeah. 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 Super punk town. Not at all. (laughs) Not in the slightest. I did see some really cool punk in the eighties and early nineties in Wichita. Oh, nice. Very nice. Which is not very far from Andover. Not at all. Not at all. That's definitely where I gravitated towards when I lived in Andover. It was like downtown Wichita. Okay. It was a cool scene. Um, But yeah, just like seeing those bands and like, how they dress and in their like poorly filmed music videos on like super eight film. Like it just like, I was like, Oh, they look so cool. I'm going to try to do that. And like, I failed so miserably, but that's, I think what started it all. So when I got into music, like the, especially like punk and like 
thrasher and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So were you like a skater or no? No, no. not at all. Okay. Try to. Try to. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Like I had friends who skated and I would definitely just like watch. Okay. So hmm. where, where, when did you go to high school in eight or uh, middle school? What years? Middle school? And high Graduated school? high school in 2014. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So interesting. Our tastes in music are going to be interesting in that mm-hmm. thought process. If you're into punk sure. rock and stuff, I don't probably know the punk rock you're into versus. Yeah, that's interesting. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because like southern, like when you say Southern California punk rock, mm-hmm. the only thing that I think of, mm-hmm. other than like uh, Bad Religion and shit like that from the the '80s and '90s, is uh, Blink One Eight Two. That's the mm-hmm. only one I can think of as mm-hmm. like Southern or. Uh, California punk rock. Like. Yeah. Yeah. A so, little before my time. Yeah. So what's, what's punk rock now from, mm. what'd you listen to? So in high school, there was a band called like Fiddler, which is fucking dog. Life's a risk already. So edgy. And, uh, they were cool. They had like, like I kind of stopped listening to them. Mm-hmm. Not like their music, obviously kind of like got a little worse and worse, like whatever. Right. But their fan base is very much like the young high school, like, punk kid trying to be mm-hmm. punk at least whatever and uh but their first album i have on vinyl because it is just like one of the best like thrasher albums i've ever heard it's nice. just dun, 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 from start to finish it's just like so heavy and so mm-hmm. much fun and it just kind of like tapered off um but yeah that's that's definitely one of the bands that i was super into and then like kind of like an offshoot of punk was like the the surfy like yep. lo-fi diy yep. sound that i was super into still am to an extent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested also to mm-hmm. old school tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you're, you have some old school ones. looks like kind yeah. of that. Like, I, I don't know how to old school. Mm-hmm. What, what, what gravitates you to the old school style hmm. opposed to, cause I mean, I don't know. I just asked the question. I've never asked that question. Yeah, like the traditional. Traditional. That's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Um, I own a fucking tattoo shop, and I do old school. <laughs> traditional is what I'm fucking awesome. meant. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first tattoo, not not your question, but it was this corny Bible verse mm-hmm. I got when I was like 17. Like my whole family was in there with me. It was so funny. So lame. And uh, <laughs> Oh, dude. It was so lame. It was, it was It's like fun memory though um and i'll probably get it blasted over with like a panther head or something you know um next tattoo though was this big forearm piece that is very much traditional style and i don't think i knew it was going to be that big but she mm. put it on and i was just or she showed me the design and it was just, i was like fuck it yeah let's do it, let's do it. my mom's okay. gonna cry but let's do it yeah. <laughs> whatever i'm in community college i'm killing it dude <laughs> let's do it <laughs> um but i i the, okay, so I uh, I didn't quite know the answer to that question, but now I think it's kind of coming to me. So the the first tattoo shop that I went to, or the second tattoo shop I went to rather, it was a uh, it's a shop called Hellbomb in Wichita, mm-hmm. all very traditional. Mm-hmm. I know, and it. yeah, that's uh, I I didn't say hey like can we make this like traditional. I just said hey can I do like a boxer like an old burly bare knuckle Bronson looking boxer, and this is what she came up with. Um, so. I was pretty stoked with it. And then after that, she, I, I think I just said similar to this, okay. like, you know, the traditional, 
uh, style. And then she just kind of catered to that for the rest of my arm and on this side as well on my uh, left arm. Yeah. So I think she just kind of surprised me with it. Cause that's like, that's their jam, you know, is the traditional style and yeah. So the boxer, does it have any type of like, are you, were you into boxing or shit I, at that time or <laughs> I'm sure I thought I was like a total <laughs> badass. I was definitely into jujitsu at the time. Cause I was okay. 18 when I got this and I've, okay. I've been in jujitsu for a while, but, um, I just thought it was like a cool tough guy thing. I was a huge fan of the movie Bronson. <gasps> such a good fucking so movie, wild yeah, yeah yeah so i was just like okay that's a kind of a, a cool like you know concept i guess and i like made sure to like look online be like cool boxer tattoo and i'm like okay i don't see a whole lot so like this might work this <laughs> might be a design that like nobody's thought of not the case at all mm. but uh yeah i was just like let's get like an old school boxer that those guys are badass Love that it. might make me look cool and Love tough <laughs> so that that happened okay so yeah. Community college is when you got that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually so, like right out of high school, right out of high school. Yeah. So then, so you said you're into jujitsu at the time. So when, mm-hmm. when did, um, fighting slash jujitsu start to be something in your brain mm-hmm. that you were interested in? So whenever anybody asks when I started jujitsu, the timeline is kind of like, it's kind of blurry because it has been somewhat on and off. I got my blue belt as a junior in high school, no 2000, 2013. Yeah. That's when I got my blue belt. I want to say I trained a year before then. And it had to have been consistent training because okay. a year is somewhat quick for a blue belt. Yeah. Um, and I, re- I remember training a lot. My parents also did like kickboxing and stuff like, okay. like the cardio kickboxing. So it was a lot of fun, like going as like a family and doing that. Um, but it was at this like hardcore MMA gym with a very small jujitsu program. So I trained there for maybe, I, I want to say like five months. And then they closed. They they partnered with a different gym. And my family was like, okay, this other gym's a little closer. Like it just, we haven't known these folks for that long. They right. don't really know us. So it's like not going to break any hearts if we like go to a different gym or you right. go to a different gym rather. So then I went to a gym that was closer. Got my blue belt. Um, a few months, uh, yeah, like less than a year into training there because I already had training. I think I was like a one stripe white belt or something. And, uh, then that gym changed owners. So I guess you could see how the timeline is like kind of fuzzy just because right. like people kept coming and going and like got my blue belt and I was like super young. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like I don't I, like training. Isn't like the only thing I want to do right now. So like, and also I had to like drive like 20 minutes to and from right. and like as a kid with very little discipline, like that's, you know, kind of a chore. Yeah. So yeah, that, uh, what got me into it, I guess was like UFC for okay. sure. Like I thought I've always thought I was a tough guy, although I've like never, I had never been in a fight. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, like not anymore, but back then, like I just thought I was like Billy badass for some reason. Like, a, Did you have like a chip on your shoulder or were you I'm, more yeah, like, punk? I may have, it wasn't like a punk thing. Like okay. I wasn't even into like that whole culture subculture yet, but like, I don't know what it was. Like, I, I wasn't like an angry person by any means, but I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty tough. Like, I, I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle somebody right now. <laughs> like, it was, you know. Were you a wrestler? No, I went to wrestling camps because they knew that I was a jiu-jitsu guy okay. after I trained. Okay. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't really know what it was. And uh, I the idea of being like an MMA fighter, I was like one of those kids where I was like, oh, that looks awesome. Like, I desperately want to f- I want to fight. Like, mm-hmm. But like in the gym, like I didn't want to like, 
go out and like street fight right. anybody, you know, like I wanted to at least get like formal training or whatever. And, uh, did like a little bit of kickboxing, like not enough to like consider myself a kickboxer by any means, but jujitsu stuck. Okay. It, it, it is something that because of the UFC and like watching like the pay-per-views and like talking about fights with friends, I was like, okay, this seems like something that I could do. So that was something that you got into the UFC stuff was something you got into like kind of at a younger age, like mm. middle school, high school. Yeah. yeah I'd so say like, that- like eighth grade, eighth grade okay. up until like okay. I started training. And so then within that, you like kind of fell in love with like jujitsu through that. For, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think the goal was to like try to like become an MMA fighter. Okay. And then like, I, I think I went to the right gym because I had a really nice wake up call because they were all like, it was a kickboxing gym mm-hmm. and they were like hardcore about it. Right. I was by far the youngest person there. And like, I like understandably so like nobody wanted to like spar with like a, an annoying, like awkward kid, you know, <laughs> like they're all like professional fighters. Like, like some of them had fought in the UFC. Most of them fought in Bellator. A lot of them were in the ultimate fighter house. Like they, they were the real deal. Right. And like I had no business training with them. Like when they're like, you know, it was, That's funny. so the whole kickball, the whole like MMA thing, it, that dream kind of dissolved once I was like, okay, jujitsu is like, that's the route I'm going to go. Okay. Not so much MMA. Okay. Yeah. So then you received your blue belt then it was kind of on and off kind of because of the, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And so then community college, mm-hmm. When did you kind of get back into like where it was something steady in your life that you were Mm. consistently doing? So I I never just stopped training. I'd say I at least went once a week. Okay. So I never just like straight up didn't go also because my parents were paying for lessons and like, I felt they're like, Hey, are you going to go to that thing we're paying for? (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I will. So like I had kind of had like, I was somewhat obligated and rightfully so they were paying for it. Um, but once I came here to Lawrence for college is when I started taking training seriously, uh, specifically at rivers. Okay. Yeah. With, with everybody here. So how long did you go to community college for? Um, let's see. I think two years, two years. So roughly. just kind of the, yeah. the normal community college yeah. kind of like, Hey, I've got to figure some shit out. Exactly. And, yeah. Okay. So it was super cheap and, uh, it was a good school. It was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't, I studied film in college, but I didn't study, I didn't focus on film in community college because I didn't realize that's what I was going to do at the time. I was, I originally was going to study journalism, which like I had no interest in it whatsoever. I just like, whenever I told my like family about it, they're like, Oh, that sounds awesome. You can (laughs) do like national geographic. Let's get you like a national geographic subscription. (laughs) And I I was like, Oh, well, okay. I guess this is what I'm doing. I'm doing journalism. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so I took a journalism class and it was it was so competitive. Everybody knew like everything about it already. Mm-hmm. Even at like the community college level, they're like super super determined. And it, I was just like, I can barely talk to people. Like I don't <laughs> want to do this. What in the world? And I would always just find myself like talking to professors about movies. And I was like, oh wait, like that's a thing that I could major in is film. And I told my parents and they're like, Oh fuck. Okay. Here oh, we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Oh my God. Poor art. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Cause that's where the money's at. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, no, but they were super supportive and I was, I was stoked. Um, yeah. Uh, th- two, three years I did community okay. college and, and then, uh, KU for about two. I, I, kind of, it, my college career kind of dragged along because I took, 
too few many hours as a, I, I was a full-time student, but I think it was like 12 hours. And in reality, mm-hmm. you need a few more if you want to get that. Graduate four. on time. Yeah, yeah. graduate on oh, time. Oh, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, I know that yeah. Game. So at KU, I think I took like 18 hours each oh, semester. Shit. Which like was brutal, but I loved it. Oh, it was uh, awesome. Like it was did. just so busy the yeah. entire time. And I was so, it was such a good feeling. You know, I was like, okay, this is what it's about. I feel like an actual college student. Cause Jesus. you know, like a community college, like was so helpful, but the whole time I was just like, Oh, all my friends are at KU. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm sure like every community college student feels that way. It's yeah, point, some level, know, which is yeah. so wrong. Like it's such a, a stupid thing. Cause it's such an awesome program. Um, but I was so stoked to go to KU. So when you're at community colleges where you started having those conversations with professors mm-hmm. about film. Yeah. Okay. So was it in film class or was it just regular professors that would bring up a film mm. that was in like a philosophy class or something like that? So the first class I remember doing it in was a history class. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. Okay. Um, and he had, he was an older guy, but he had seen everything, the new, the old, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would stick around after class and he was just like, he had like the thickest Southern accent. It was so funny, like talking to him, but he was, uh, he just knew so much about film. And I was like, wait, I think this is what I want to do. Damn. I can hold an, I can hold a conversation with this dude, like three times my age about films that came out this year. Like that's so rad. There's, there's so many things we're going to go with this whole film thing, Mm -hmm. but I want to, I want to go back. When did you fall in love? I mean, to, to be able to say, I want to go into film, Mm -hmm. even though you didn't know that's what you wanted to do, or that was a thing, you had to love movies. Absolutely. So when did that kind of like, you know, that fuck like Mm -hmm. there's loving movies and then there's loving movies. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's such a good question. And I remember, oh man, I was out of high, I had to have been out of high school. I've always liked watching movies, especially horror movies. Mm -hmm. But like you said, that's a really good point then you realize, Oh, I think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something I could do. This is like affecting me and I love it. And that was when I watched the movie drive Nicholas wine and Refn's drive. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah, movie. I remember watching it in my friend's basement and I was just like, this is like one of, this is a religious experience. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful film and the score, the soundtrack oh. is so amazing. And mm-hmm. it like, yeah, it, it, that night I was like, okay, I, I, this is like a super special thing. I, I want to try to make stuff like this. I just recently watched that movie again a few months ago and I mm-hmm. can't remember which kid I watched it with. I think it might be my oldest or, mm. or Otto. Oh, um, nice. That fucking, the, it's, oh my God. I think I've seen it two or three times, mm-hmm. but it's so much better the second or third time. Yes. Like, because oh you, God. you just catch things that are just, yeah. Yeah. Like the jacket. Like I just was like yes. get focused on his jacket. I'm like, that's a fucking awesome jacket. I had that jacket. Yeah. I had it. Oh, you had it? I had it. Oh, oh of course I did, oh dude. I was God. a super fan. That, yeah. That's yeah. a great it was awesome. I only wore it once and was like super embarrassed, but I felt so cool for a second. And then I was like, oh wait, people are staring at me. So I never wore it again. But um yeah, something about that movie. It's just it's so grisly and it's it's set in reality, but it's so surreal. It's yes. so strange. It feels that, like a dream slash nightmare. Oh. I remember, I think it was, I think it was Grant. He's my oldest. Mm. That scene in the elevator where he beats the fuck out of the, yes. that guy. One, I can't remember. I'm spacing it right now. Mm-hmm. One or two guys. And I remember Grant going, well, that went a different direction. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Something like that, right? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, that's like, that's the surreal part of it. Cause like the lighting like dims mm-hmm. out of nowhere. 
he like kisses the girl and then he just stomps this guy to death. Yep. And it's, no, it's incredible. That's a, yeah. Everything about that film I think is perfection. Yeah. That's I a, really do. Yeah. Fucking movie. Okay. yeah. And that's, that's when I fell in love with film fell in love for film. sure. That's interesting. Yeah. I always, um, I can always tell somebody that's a true film lover if they're willing to go watch movies by themselves, mm, mm-hmm. like go to the theater, yeah. and like I'm going to go see that movie. I don't care who comes or not. Yeah. Or I might just go by myself because I don't want any, any distractions. Absolutely. Are you a, are you a go to by yourself guy? So the, f- I, I have been to one film by myself okay. and it once again was a religious experience. It was Blade Runner, the remake 2029, I believe. Oh it was I yeah. It was Denny Villeneuve's Blade mm-hmm. Runner. And it, I was the only one in the theater. <gasps> it was incredible. Yes. It was incredible. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. And I was like right in the middle of film school too. So mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, it was such a cool experience. So the first movie I can remember going to by myself. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did see a lot of movies by myself because nice. I grew up in Newton. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, cool. And there's, so back in the seventies and eighties, there's only one movie theater. Mm-hmm. And so, Sometimes, so they, sometimes there'd be two movies there. So there'd be like a seven o'clock show or a, mm-hmm. or a, and then like a nine thirty, depending on what was, you know, it'd been the main feature and then it'd been a few months. So they move it to the nine thirty, and then a new oh, movie I comes see. in and plays at seven. And then in, on Saturday and Sunday they had matinees. Mm. So the first movie I saw by myself and we lit. So like the train tracks split, kind of split the town. Mm, I see. And so it was on the other side of the train track. So I totally remember this because it just made me th- like enjoy the film even more. So I had to cross the train tracks to go to the, the movie theater mm-hmm. and it was the outsiders. Oh, nice. Yeah. By oh, myself awesome. on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's so I was cool. Pro- fuck. Maybe, maybe 10, oh, maybe 10 it. years old. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So the first movie I ever saw that I can remember seeing in the theater was star Wars, the original star mm. Wars. 77 because it came out in 76 and by the time it came to us and newton mm. you know, that's awesome yeah, so what yeah so i've been seeing see in theaters what's that what an amazing film to see in theaters which one both but yeah. star wars especially yeah oh it was like the original star wars and i i remember sitting there and seeing it the first time but i don't remember it like like it's the memory of the memory of the memory of mm-hmm. it but it showed in newton for so long because that's what the movies did back then. Because, mm. and like I said, it went from seven to nine thirty in a different see. manner. Right. I think I probably saw it ten times in the theater with oh, my I sister, just because it was there for six, eight months. Oh man! Because it was such a you know phenomenon mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. But I remember the one I remember the most out of the trilogy of those is Empire Strikes Back. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So it nice. came out in eighty, and then our babysitters took us to see it and stood mm-hmm. in line and did the mm-hmm. whole like nine yards in Wichita, Town East. Oh, nice. Yep. Very. I'm yep. familiar with her. Yep. Yep. I know <laughs> yep. you know Townies. It's probably a dead zone at this point. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's, yeah, probably like one like famous footwear in there. Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> so true, right? Probably doesn't even have a food court anymore. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So that's, that's. I love it. Yeah. So I, then I, you know, I'd always go to Wichita and mm-hmm. see movies. And if somebody, my friends didn't want to go, I'd still go. I, you know. For I'd, sure. Did you ever go to the Old Town Theater? No. So. That one was cool. That was a cool theater. So I would go to the Warren. So when it, everything kind of blew up movie wise in the nineties, mm-hmm. the Warren like out on Northridge area. So mm-hmm. there was brand new. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if you know this story, but it was like, 
I think one of two movie theaters at the time that had um, Lucas's new mm. stuff, uh, sound system in it. Whoa. I didn't yeah. know that. So he flew in and watched when they rebooted um, and put those extra scenes in Star mm-hmm. Wars in the 90s. He flew in and watched him at that Warren Theater. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So that's So I'd go there for the newer theaters. I've never been to the downtown mm-hmm. theater, Old Town or whatever theater. Yeah. So. It's a cool theater. It's definitely like a, a spoiled theater. Like you get the button, they'll bring you food and stuff like that. It's oh, like whatever. Yeah. But I saw uh, Blue Velvet <gasps> at that theater. Oh God, it was awesome. They like brought it back, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and played it one night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think they did a lot of Lynch films. Heineken, yeah. fuck that shit. Half <laughs> Blue Ribbon. That's a, Love everybody, it. That's a, that's a Blue Velvet scene. Love it. Oh, oh my God. Fucking Dennis Hopper in that fucking movie, man. So wild. Oh, he's insane. <laughs> yeah, fucking. And that scene where he's hiding in the closet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, that movie. That's a surreal movie. Surreal oh, movie, Oh, my yeah. God. Along David, with like every David Lynch yeah, film. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. David Lynch film, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So, all right. You decide to go to KU. Mm-hmm. Go into film. So, what part of film... I have no idea. Like I hear, mm. I heard a side conversation um, a couple of weeks ago about scripts, but is that mm. like, yeah? So when I went to film school, I, I think minoring in English that kind of forced me to gravitate towards writing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Latin creative writing. Um, so like production, I never did any. I did very little production in film school. I only did mostly writing classes. Okay. So that's just kind of where I gravitated towards. Not that I wouldn't want to work in production, but I really enjoy writing and I think that's where my strengths lie. Um, I did have to make a short film for my capstone to graduate, which was cool. Um, very DIY. Like everybody in my class, like all like hired actors. And I was like, fuck it. I got friends. <laughs> I'll, yeah. use my fr- yeah. I'll use my friends and their home. And it was so much fun. And like I had a, a I have a, friend who graduated probably like five years before me, but from film school and he helped tremendously with like the editing. Like he worked nice. tirelessly on the editing and it's, it was, uh, it was, the production was an awesome experience. It was so much fun. And just like seeing these like day after day and shoot after shoot, like the, the, the film start to get longer and longer and longer. And we're like, well, let's take it this direction now. Like, let's do this, let's do that. And, uh, but it was unfortunate because for Capstone, the uh, rubric said that you had to keep it under five minutes. And I was like, okay, that's fair. There are a lot of people in this class. I was the only one who did that. Everybody else kept it at the original length. I butchered my short film to keep it under five. Mother yeah. Fuckers. And when I told my instructor, I was like, dude, I thought like there were rules. Like, I, like I'm so unhappy with this final like uh, product. And he's just like, oh, my bad. I wasn't serious. I was like, what do you mean? You, that's like, dick. Oh, he was such a fucking dick, dude. Fucking pretentious yeah, asshole. He, he was exactly that. Yeah. Young dude. He was just such a dick. But uh, I was just like, God, this sucks. But we still have the footage. So we're thinking about like going back and like re-editing it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Because we worked so hard on it. And it was so much fun to make. Was it a horror film? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And like, like, even if we did like edit it to whatever perfection is as good as it could possibly right. get. Like it would still be like pretty bad. I'm sure. Oh yeah. But it sure. was, it was a lot of fun to make. And then, so then you wrote the script mm-hmm. and that's where you, so when did you fall in love with the kind of writing and like, because mm-hmm. a screenplay, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a, that's like 
different type of writing. For sure. Yeah. That was, that's, that was interesting, especially since I took creative writing classes within like literature before mm. screenwriting. Right. So I was kind of, I, I was trained in writing like, like novellas and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever. And then I learned uh, screenwriting, which mm -hmm. is like you said, tremendously different. Like it's, it's very two, it's two separate forms of writing. Granted, there are like softwares that you can download, buy and download that pretty much set everything for you to like industry standard. Oh, and it like, it's, it's hard to make a mistake because if, if you try to sell off your script and there's one error, like they have like rulers and measuring sticks and they're like, Oh, this is off trash. Oh, no shit. It gets yeah, that technical. It's so technical. It's crazy. Cause That's it's, it's such a problematic industry, but like whatever, hopefully, um, hopefully it'll fall off into the ocean and re get rebooted. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, fortunately there are softwares that make it hard to make an error. Like they, okay. they're like, are you sure you want to do this? That's not correct. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to backtrack. So it's, uh, it's, okay. even if you don't know a lot about screenwriting, you can figure it out. It's very user-friendly. Anyways, that's the, uh, form of writing that I stick to now versus like the, uh, like, I guess novella style, uh, writing and, um, yeah, I I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, two very different forms of writing. So then your so your passion within so then within filmmaking, your mm -hmm. passion is really the script, what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. how they're saying it. Mm -hmm. I'd say so. That but it's it's weird because I also have a love for like cinematography. Like mm. I'd say cinematography over dialogue. Like I dialogue is definitely my that's an area that I struggle in for mm -hmm. sure because the films that I adore like drive and only God forgives the witch, uh, which is a, the witch is a bad example, but they don't have a lot of dialogue, mm -hmm. especially only God forgives. There's even less than only, there was in only drive God forgives. It was the, uh, film. I want to say after drive that, oh, was that Nicholas the one with... did. he's a Thai kickboxing gym owner slash like drug, Guy. I could, you know, I could it's a hard watch. I tried it. And that's, that's all I can ask. I fucking tried. <laughs> and I was like, I can't figure this out. Yeah, like, and yeah. I had to put it away. Yeah. It's not. like a religious allegory. It's incredibly pretentious, even more so than drive, which like I'm, I can admit that that even is, but there's no dialogue. And those are like some of my I think favorite that's what it films. was. I was like, I couldn't, a I'm a big of fan of dialogue. Stars. Okay, nice. Yeah. I like dialogue and cinematography, mm -hmm. but I mainly want to hear people have conversations and For figure sure. out why they're killing somebody or what's going on. Absolutely. Or, or have some great action scene or whatever mm -hmm. the thing is. Yeah. That one was a, like, if I remember right, dark. Like, Extremely. Like at night a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. And lots of long scenes. Lots of awkward staring. Yeah. That just right. dragged yep. on. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. So why is that good? Why do you like that? I, so I, like I said, I'm a sucker for like good cinematography in that movie. It's one of those films where like every frame looks like a painting. Like mm -hmm. it's just beautiful. It's lit so well, just like drenched in neon. And it just, it, I'm a sucker for that. Even though people, it's like, I, I can admit that it's kind of gimmicky nowadays mm -hmm. with like the synth wave resurgence and stuff. But to me, I love it. And that's a movie that once again, I was stoked off of drive. And then I watched this and I was, I was like, Oh, there's Thai kickboxing. That's awesome. Like I'm, I love it. Like, let's watch it. 
And I just fell in love with it from the start. I, once again, like it's a very divisive film. Most people hate it rather than like it. And I can, I, I understand why, but it's, it's one of those movies where the first viewing was like so special that I'm like, I, I will praise it until the end. Okay. Despite it, I, despite knowing that it is like a flawed film for sure. Okay. And extremely pretentious. So then are you a notebook fan? The notebook? The no- oh, the notebook. because of Rygos? Because, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's definitely my least favorite uh, Rygos uh, film, but I do respect it. <laughs> I I have never seen that fucking movie. Oh, God, my yeah. wife loves it. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, I won't watch that. Not It'll enough, ruin it for yeah, me. Yeah, not enough neon. Not enough neon. <laughs> not enough, neon not enough and... him either being a badass or like funny. Right, right. Because he's he does good well. At, he does, he does good well at funny comedy. Yeah, the one with um, I'm, oh. is it the nice guys? Oh, with, that's uh, we watched Crow. that not too long ago. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Is he awesome? is funny as a motherfucker so in that funny. movie. Oh my but god! But the one with um, Steve Carell, where he's like, Steve Carell's oh, like the, gets yeah. his wife has an affair, and then like he meets yeah. him. And, that's he's hilarious. That movie's that movie. funny. Yeah. And he's like the honk and yeah, Steve Carell's like yeah. the dork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking funny ass fucking yeah. lines in that movie. So yeah. Yeah. He does comedy really well. Yeah. And I was in love with him after those two movies. Oh yeah. my god. And then so then you would totally be in love with the new Blade Runner one. Exactly. Was, yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. And that was somewhat reminiscent of Drive with just all the neon. Yes, and, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but Denny Villeneuve is like and I think uh, Roger Dinkins uh, shot it and mm-hmm. it's just, it's so much bigger than drive and only God forgives. And it's just, it's I mean, just a, objectively a better film, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was in love with that as well. So I assume I'm going to make a big assumption here that you're mm-hmm. really excited for the new Dune movie. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. going to be big long views mm-hmm. or cinematography stuff the for sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be cut into two parts too, which I really? thought was kind of smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. You have to. For sure. So I never saw the original dude, which is, uh, isn't that Lynch? David yeah. Lynch. Yeah. No, so weird. <laughs> Granted, I don't think he likes to. I know. Oh I know. my God. <laughs> so never read it. Haven't watched the original. I've never read it, but I've watched the original. It's fucking but amazing. But the trailer for Denny Villeneuve's looks just insane. Oh, it looks, yeah. And it will be insane. Like there's yeah. just, there's, it's just, there's no getting around it. It's going to be a stellar film regardless of any connection that you have to the original or the, the literature. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So, um, do you only write horror movies now? So as of now, yeah, that's okay. kind of what I've, I've gravitated towards. Um, and kind of just stuck to, I think because it is inherently challenging to write something that's actually scary. That's what I was just going to ask you. Yeah, like, yeah, that must be, a f- I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, you can figure out somebody to throw in some comedic thing in a comedy script mm-hmm. and, you know, you can have people help you with that, but like trying to make something creepy yeah. or figure out how to do that is, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's very mm-hmm. hard. And I think a lot of my inspiration is it doesn't come from like the classic horror films because I think a lot of those guys, um, they also, so they wrote their own, uh, they still do. This still happens often. They write their own films. It's very scary, but on paper it might not be. They're also the directors though. Uh, they also wrote it and uh, direct it. Okay. So in turn, what is scary is much scarier on screen rather than on paper. But, um, somebody that I 
admire an awful lot for their horror writing is S. Craig Zeller of Bone Tomahawk, which oh my God. is <laughs> absurd. It's it's the writing, his writing in particular is, I don't want to say inherently horror, but it's it's like, so he has that West, it's 90% Western, 10% mm-hmm. gruesome horror film. Yeah. Um, Thanks a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That movie should have such a big warning label. Um, I remember watching that for the first time in my living room alone and just like, I don't know if this is legal to watch. Like, this is insane. I was was like, what the fuck, Colton? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially not knowing me very well. You're like, this monster. (laughs) I was like, yeah. So so for people that are listening, we're at the gym and we're talking about horror movies and somehow we got... on to I don't know if that was that that director or how we got mm. on the conversation. You're like Bone Tomahawk, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm like oh okay, and that cool. was it. <laughs> that was it. And, I, and you're gonna tell me more, and I was like, no, don't tell me any more. Then it's a Western, ninety mm-hmm. percent Western, ten percent horror. Or mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I went home that and watched it that afternoon, oh, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like totally, like this is great. And then oh, what the fuck? It's brutal. Brutal. I've never seen in person somebody get cut in half uh, vertically, but I would assume that's what it looks like. I would assume so too. I would assume that's quite spot on. And the other part that would that I was really impressed with that movie is when they got shot with the arrows, you didn't know they were going to yeah. get shot with the arrows and all of a sudden they're shot with the arrows. That's that's interesting that you point that out because that director's he's kind of known for that. His he he has that western. He has like this hard-boiled cop thriller with Mel Gibson and uh, Vince Vaughn. And then he has this other movie starring Vince Vaughn as well, where he's like a, a, like a tow truck driver or something like that. He like repossesses cars and he just like, he's just anyways, different genres, but the action and the gore is, it has no non-diegetic, non-diegetic, no sound. It has no score accompanying it. Right. So it's, which is, but throws you off, like throws yeah. you off and is awesome. At the same it's time. yeah. It's such a strange feeling because mm. it just feels that much more real. I think, yep. especially in, like you said, bone Tomahawk when they get just like pelted with arrows and their reactions aren't, Oh my God, I've been shot with an arrow, but Oh, that hurt, but I have to deal with it in this moment. And they just snap it off, yeah. you know, and there's no music and it's like you said, just out of nowhere. And I think that's what makes it so scary is that yeah. it's so unlike any other horror film where there are like audible cues where that that are obviously used as tools, but those are like like eliminated from like all of his films, and I think that's so unique and hard. That is so difficult. So I it's feel. so it's only in that film he does it that way. Is that what you're saying? Or no, he does it in all. Of, he okay. does it in all of his films. Because, yeah, because even when um, the guy that couldn't walk, I can't. I'm bad with like mm-hmm. names and characters mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and the and the Native American guys would show up, the cannibals right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was no sound. They were just there. Just there. And that yeah. was what was so freaky about it because mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, and then he was shooting, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or that scene where um, the one character from um, set up the perimeter. And he mm-hmm. says, if you hear anything, just start shooting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the next, there's the scene where all of a sudden they wake up and the guy's on top of them. Yes. Yeah. That fucking, that's insane. It comes out of nowhere and it like, it's, it's so unique to that director's writing. He, cause he was a novelist before, obviously because his, his writing is so just stellar in every way. And, um, yeah, it's so interesting not have hearing something and telling you, Hey, this is spooky. Prepare Mm -hmm. yourselves. It just happens. 
and they just the characters are dealing with it in real time and it's very realistic in that sense yeah i really like that i really enjoyed that it threw me off and i like at the same time yeah it's whoa yeah it's such an interesting thing and he has another film um called dragged across concrete which is the the cop thriller starring uh vince vaughn and uh, crazy Mel Gibson. <laughs> crazy Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. But they're both so good in it. But the shootouts in it, all you hear oh. are, are gunshots. You don't hear music. There's The only music you hear is from their car because it's like a, a character trait of Vince Vaughn that he's like super into like old school jazz or whatever. Okay. So he has like, you hear the music coming from his open car door while they're like hiding behind it, shooting. But even that like isn't loud enough to like, for you to like really pick up on. So it just feels so real. It's so we'll it's check those out. Yeah, it's super long, but okay. if you could like if you could break trudge through it or even break, break it up. Yeah, okay. yeah, break it up honestly. It's it's worth the watch. Okay. It's brutal. Okay. It's not bone tomahawk brutal, but it's a lot of fun. It's okay. And then his other film is called uh Brawl and Cell Block 99, which Oh, yeah, is, that's I see that come across this, Yeah, I recommend that over the the cop thriller okay. Dragged Across Concrete only because one it's shorter, I think. At least it felt shorter. And two, it's it dances the line of like thriller and like exploitation, like seventies yeah. trash film. It's very cool. Sweet. Like a lot of it is very like kind of shrouded in realism. But then like there are fight scenes where so Vince Vaughn's character is this giant, just hulking man. Like he mm-hmm. he's huge, and they make a point of that. But he like is fighting some dude and ends up like just dragging his face on the ground. And it's like so obviously like a prosthetic, but it's like, you just see the skin off the face and like bare skull. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, that's so much fun. Fuck yeah. That's something you would see in like a Robert Rodriguez film or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's such an interesting like juxtaposition, I guess okay. between like being real and so obviously not compared to bone Tomahawk where it's like, it all looks extremely real. That's why it's so disturbing. But right. okay. Anyways, tan- that's that that guy in particular, S. Craig Zeller, is what he's usually the guy that I have his scripts next to my monitor while I write. Okay. It's so because they're just so industry, just perfect, it's just sound, everything okay. about them. Okay. Yeah. Um. I got to piss, of course, mm-hmm. in this. So we're <laughs> gonna take a break, and then we'll talk more film and movies. Sweet. And then somehow throw jujitsu in there as well. Let's so. do it. Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. We're back. Um, the, whew, so much water and coffee, but, you know, <laughs> had to do it today. That's right. Um, so what gravitated you towards horror films or what, what is it? What's it about horror films? That's your favorite genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's, I mean, people love horror films, but not mm-hmm. a lot of people go, that's my favorite genre of film. For sure. So I guess growing up, like I was always the kid who had like seen like the newest horror film like, okay. in like elementary school and everybody's like, Hey, what was that movie? Like we saw the trailer and it was really scary. Um, but it's usually that my parents would watch it and I would just like, kind of like peek in oh, like my, okay. like, yeah, they weren't, my mom wasn't ever like, okay, you can't watch this unless it was like really bad. Then she'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, no, you're not watching this. Like, right. I don't want you to stay up all night. Um, but it was usually they were watching it and I would kind of just like get a peek and be like, Oh sweet. And I think that's kind of, that looks like insane. That's kind of what I guess drew me towards horror was just like, I liked being scared. I think 
right? Yeah, like it's such a fun feeling, or at least it was. Like I don't, I'm you know grown now, so I don't like get scared of films that often. But back then, I was like, ooh, that's really scary. Even though it could have been like the stupidest horror film so ever. Can you, can you remember which film it was that you kind of like mm, can remember mm. kind of being peeking through and being scared and be like, oh, like. <clears throat> so I remember. Uh, and I actually revisited this film recently and was so pleasantly surprised with it. Um, I remember not peeking in on them watching it, but hearing about it, which was the Blair Witch Project. Uh, my mom, right? I remember my, my mom like talking about it. Like this is the scariest shit like on earth, but like never to like me. Cause I was a young child, but like hearing her in like conversation, talking to like friends or whatever about it. And I think I, I remember glimpses of it, but it's such, that's a hard movie to remember if you haven't seen all of it because right. it all, it's such a jumbled mess really. Mm -hmm. But I watched it on Halloween this year, this year, dude, it was, when was the last awesome. time you'd watched it before? I don't even know if I've seen it all the way through. Oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. That's dude, a great movie, dude. Awesome. It held up so beautifully. I was well, yeah, so because stoked. one it's black and white, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that always is going to hold up, especially when it's done late nineties, early two thousands. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's just going to hold up. And it's, and yeah. Then, it's so grainy. You just can't see anything in it, but it's so tense. Them just all fighting with each other and you see nothing that I think that's nothing. the best part. I think that might be the best, that may be the best part of it all. And I think that was actually unintentional. Like I think originally they wanted to show something. Yeah, I can't remember. The camera wasn't aiming in the right direction and they just kind of rolled with it, which well, is awesome. And I remember that film because I saw it in the theaters. Oh, nice. I was so fucking high when I saw it. Oh, my God. I was so... Oh, my God. So, which made it even more scary. Oh, right? yeah. But I remember... <laughs> I remember it was... You know, that that was the first cam movie, like, done mm -hmm. that way that I can... Yeah, that I can think of, like, because that was... Definitely the first with a theatrical release, Yeah, theatrical. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then those little things that were scary, right? Like mm -hmm. the little bone things that yes. ask when they'd wake up in the morning mm -hmm. and all of that, like kind of build up Yes, that. Yeah. That movie's horrifying. horrifying. It was so scary. I watch every horror film ever these days. Mm -hmm. I watch, I watch it all in that movie. I, I think it's in my top 10. I really? was in love with it. I also love found footage, like good, like solid found footage. Like it's such a, an overplayed, subgenre now okay but that movie is just it's so unsettling and it's like like you said like it almost especially at night it looks like it's black and white because like it's just light and this like oh super, it's not black and i have i don't i don't think i i want to remember that it was i think in my memory it i re, as a kid remembering it being in black and white but revisiting it, it the, at least the version i watched was in color then you're right you're right but i rem, in my mind it's black and white it's such right? a like, strange film to remember i think that's what it is is because like it's, oh because a lot of it's filmed at night with that like which is essentially black and white especially right, with that's that camera. why i think yeah. it's black and white mm -hmm. but it, you're right yeah. because the daylight is mm -hmm. that real fall dark yeah. cloud cover mm -hmm. So you're when they're in the woods, yeah. it just looks like it's cloudy and yes. yeah. And it's just it's so unsettling. Just once again, they don't show anything, and it does 
the film so much good. Oh my it's god! Just they're screaming at each other, and then one of them just goes missing. Yep. And they just find like his teeth. Like oh yeah, I love it. And then you it. know there was that whole thing for a little bit that it was a true story for a while yes. right when it first came out. Yeah. And how, how they was pushed that? It. Did, do you remember like because it came out in your time? Do you oh. remember like the marketing for it? Oh yeah, it was like they were they marketed it right at first as like this is because of the found footage type mm, of thing yeah, that it was yeah. a true story. And then not, t- I remember not too long after like that kind of thing came out, people were like, no, it's not real. Like mm, it, mm-hmm. there was enough time for people to think about it. Cause the internet wasn't super blown up by then. So you right. kind of heard these rumors that this was real. And then it was mm-hmm. like, no, it's not. So it was, oh. it was fun for a second. Yeah. Right? But okay. even that second. Is yeah. So it was pretty awesome. cool. That's yeah. so special. Yeah. So. And it like festivals, there were like missing posters for the cast. Uh, I heard, which like really tripped people out. Oh yeah, shit! I love it. That's yeah, cool. yeah, that was back before you could. Yeah, you just can't get away with that now. Yeah, there's no. I mean, it. yeah. So, so I think that's why that film holds such a a special place in horror history. So then you heard your parents talking about it. Did you then ha- not see it for a, like a long time? Not or? that I can remember. Yeah. And it being a little kid, I, you know, I, being the horror fan that I was, I was so used to like the, the formula of horror. So mm-hmm. like seeing the slow, like found footage, I probably thought it was like a shitty documentary or right, something. It right. was like totally yeah. disengaged, mm-hmm. but re- yeah, revisiting it. I was so pleasantly surprised. I, I fell in love with it all over again, which is so cool because like, I feel like people in, in my age, if you bring up the Blair Witch Project, they're like, okay, that's not fucking scary. That's, but it is like, it genuinely is. If you can go in without any expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Right, and be like, yeah. I'm just going to watch this movie. You're going to be freaked out. Mm-hmm, for sure. Cause for and sure. if you pay attention and if you really pay attention to mm-hmm. certain things, it's yeah. Yeah. yeah for um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then what was your first one? What was your first movie? You're like that fucking scared me. Ooh, I love that I can remember these. This is yeah, so yeah, right? I love this. This is easy. Um, so it was the first R-rated movie I saw in theaters. Yeah, Whoa. and I had to have been like a young teen, maybe like ten. I don't know, okay. but it was the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, which okay. is brutal. <laughs> that is a brutal movie to watch as a kid in eyes. theaters. That's the one, the desert, right? In With the like desert, the yeah. cannibals and yep. okay. Yep. Nope. The, uh, the director's super solid. I think his name's Alejandro Aja. He did like the recent, like alligator movie crawl. That oh, that's like, fucking isn't that movie. awesome? I yes. love that movie. <laughs> yes. So that director's, he, he kills it. And, uh, it, it was so scary to me Okay. because it was just so gritty and just the characters themselves are obviously objectively horrifying. And it was just, there's some like super brutal imagery in that film. That, like a child it, shouldn't see fucking year. Yeah. But, uh, and I actually haven't rewatched that one in a few years, but it, uh, that was the first movie that like genuinely freaked me out. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, that was, it wasn't paranormal. You know, it like certainly wouldn't happen. I hope, <laughs> but it like, it was grounded in reality just mm. enough yep. for it to freak me out in a certain way. I saw the original and I can't yeah. tell you like, all of the things that happened, but I just remember that the toxic Avengers in that. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's in that movie. That's fucking. I love hilarious. it. But yeah, I remember okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was uh Wes Craven. I think directed that, but yeah, that was oh, a really, I, 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 I want to say I could that be that wrong. Makes sense. That. Yeah. But that, that was a, uh, and he, he had, I think he like may have produced the remake, but okay. yeah, that was a, that's a fun one. That's okay. so interesting that our, uh, our memories are kind of, 
so you have like our memories of that film yours is with the original mine's with the remake. And I feel like that's probably common with a lot of the films that we have seen. Yeah, probably so. So you're super into the zombie, the zombie mm-hmm. genre. And so am I Dawn of the dead. I'm sure you're familiar with the original. I'm in love with the remake, uh, Zack Snyder's remake. So, so that's interesting. So Dawn of the dead mm-hmm. was the, f- was what, turned me on like I fell in love with zombies with that movie I love it and I can remember I I knew of Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. like I knew of that I that, knew that that was a zombie movie that's knew, black and white like yeah, first of yep, the fr- okay yep. gotcha gotcha I knew of that movie I knew of zombies I knew of zombie mm-hmm. but when, when my friend Jeremy Lugan Bill and I mm-hmm. were sitting in his basement and we I don't know so back in my day VHS Right. We would go to Dylan's would have these big place where you rent the VHS tape mm, and all mm. of that stuff. So we found this movie. Nice. And we watched it and we're like, holy <laughs> fuck, this is amazing. And we watched yeah. it again yes. and again and again. I love Man, it. that fucking movie. I still love that original. I don't know if I've seen the original, Oh, which is a crying shame. So yeah. yeah, it's just an, it's just an interesting for me, real almost nostalgic at the same time. Totally, like I think yeah. about it now, like in mm-hmm. in, the, in the way that we really see malls. Like mm. we grew oh, so up it does mall. take place. In a oh mall. yeah, it takes oh, okay, place cool. in a mall, and like, and it's a really cool aspect of the whole idea. But it's it's different than what I loved about it mm-hmm. is it's it's a little bit different than the the remake is because they find the mall because mm-hmm. they're flying around in this helicopter and they land and they find that they get in through the roof and they have this little space and then they have to clear out the in, inside oh, of the mall interesting. Okay. of the, of the zombies. Mm, I see. And that is really, really cool. That like, that's, that's, just like clearing them out and yeah. like kind of that, like there's just like this theme amongst movies that I really like. And I don't know how to describe it, but like where you, where they have the music and they're like cleaning out things or they're putting mm-hmm. the, where they're putting the weapons together. Like they're building oh, that's the thing. Awesome. And I don't know if it comes I from the a team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch? You mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. There's this thing. There's this thing with the a team where they like would put their thing together that that episode and there'd be music. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if it's that kind of thing in my brain. That. I love that that whole like montage of like lock and load. Yeah, yeah, So it has that mm-hmm. where they clear it out, and um, I think, oh god, I'm spacing that famous. Um, he does horror makeup. Mm. Oh, it's his name. Uh, I know exactly. Who you're talking and he's about. in like. Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez yeah, vampire movie. Yeah. He has his own school for like, prosthetics. Yeah, God, yeah. he's in the original Dawn of the dead. It's like a super Italian name. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know exactly. What you're talking yeah. About. He's yeah. in that. It's it, you should, it's fucking good, dude. This yeah. is, I mean, of yeah. course the, you know, the, the effects are really low budget. Like sure. when they rip people apart, but it's so, but it's so gruesome and so good at the mm, same time. Nice. Yeah. That's a good, I may watch that today. Yeah. I'm going to try to find that. And then I couldn't find it for the longest time. And then I found the double, cassette and I owned that for a long time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So that's what turned me on to what zombies. do you what do you think your second favorite zombie film would be? Second? Are you are you do you like the like nostalgic like not necessarily novelty 
zombie films of like the seventies and eighties. Cause those are, those have such no, a nice, I like a history. good, I like a, just a good fucking zombie movie. Nice. Like, but, but you know, then you get into the idea of like, what's a zombie, what's, mm, what's infection mm-hmm. versus right. things like that. And you kind of, you, you dice it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, there's a movie from the eighties. It's not my second favorite, but I really love it. It's called return of the living dead. It's kind of a mm, comedy. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with the punks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And that's, that's a really good Mm. one. Um, I'm a big fan of the original, um, what the fuck with, um, why am I spacing it? Uh, with raccoon land and not raccoon. Fuck. (laughs) And they're in fact, and there's like, go to a commercial break. No shit. Um, (laughs) I can't, why? I can't believe I just lost it, dude. Oh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Raccoon. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, Resident Evil. I really like Oh, wait, those. it is. Isn't it Raccoon City? Raccoon it's, City, yeah. 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 I think that's what you said. I don't know why. No, I said Raccoon Land. I didn't, Rac- I, didn't say, I didn't say City, but that was the thing that was like in my Certainly head. an amusement park yeah. inside Raccoon right. City. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I like the Resident Evils. I don't know if it's my second favorite. That's a great fucking question. Second favorite. Those, those have a place in my heart for sure because yeah. I was young when I saw those. Yeah. The first one for sure. Absolutely. As they kind of move on, I get they a little... Get pretty like sci-fi original. Yeah, exactly. Um, That one, I really liked the one with Timothy Olyphant. Crazies. Crazies. Because that's kind of a zombie-ish. That's, that goes back to your, your point about, is it zombie or is it just infected? Right. Because it's like zombies Mm -hmm. are in, in true genre are the undead, right? So they come back from the dead, reanimated. Mm -hmm. But then there's the infected, like. Right are they dead and then come back as infected mm-hmm. or does the infection kill them or right. whatever? Yeah. So that was an awesome movie. Yeah. I saw that in theaters. I oh, did too, man. That That's a great so movie. Kick-ass. And then we just watched the one with Bill Murray. Um, Ky- the guy that plays Kylo Ren. Oh, the dead don't die. The dead don't die. What'd you think of that one? Oh, I thought it was great. Did the you like it? Was, the script was I thought the dialogue was awesome. Yes. Especially since you said you're a dialogue guy. Yeah. That movie is very like, like Cohen brother as yeah. oh, super yeah. like nonchalant yeah. about yeah. zombies yeah. taking over. Like, it was very funny. Yeah. I really like yeah. that. That yeah. was good. Man, there's been, there's a lot of really good zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, God, man, if I would have done my homework today, I would have. Dude, that's it's that's such. I I'm only able to come up with these movies just because I've been asked so many times throughout mm-hmm. my life, and I've never mm-hmm. had an answer. I'm like, oh, let me go find my yeah. list on my phone, right? And it's yeah. I do really like the second Non the Dead, like the remake. Oh yeah, the yeah. one that you like because the uh-huh. one that I the reason I love that one so much too is the zombies move fast, horrifying. Yeah, that's horrifyingly so. Yeah, yeah. that's. I, uh, that's another one that I rewatched recently with like, I think, uh, this month actually. Mm-hmm. And it, it somewhat dated, but it holds up that super scary montage in the beginning with the Johnny Cash song over oh, it. Oh yeah. Of just like death and destruction yeah. is very unsettling. And I, I love the kind of like hidden hints mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of a movie where like they talk about it, yeah. like in the news mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah. she goes home and she's the nurse yeah. and you can yeah. see things in the background at the hospital going weird. Yes. That you don't, she doesn't notice. And exactly. Then, That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah. a really good point. Super subtle. Yep. Off shit taking place in the yep. background. That movie's chock full of yep. it. Yeah. I really, th- this is funny that you said that. I really like Shaun of the Dead. Oh my God. That's one of the their, greatest films ever made. I'll stand by that. The way that they 
take comedy and zombies mm-hmm. and put them together in that yeah. genre is just yeah. amazing. I would say that's one of the, in my opinion, one of the best, not only zombie films, but just one of the best comedies oh, yeah. slash films I've ever seen. Dude, that's a fucking great I movie. love it so much. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just so stylized yeah. and it's so dumb at yeah. points, oh, but the comedy God. is so yeah. top notch. Like yeah. it's so funny. Yeah. So yeah, that's an awesome one. Yeah. I think I'm there on that one. So nice. nice. Right. So what is your, do, did I ask you, I think I know this, but I've forgotten what's your favorite horror movie. Favorite horror movie. Oh man. So if I had to choose number one, it would probably be a film that's not even categorized as a horror film. It's a, it's a thriller, but it's horrifying in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, Green Room which is about the punks who get locked in by the, the skinhead neo-Nazis. Okay. Have you heard of it? I've, it's I've, come across my, okay. in either Hulu or Netflix or gotcha. HBO, one of my apps where I read it and mm. I'm just, I, sometimes I'm just don't like, I have this thing to time. Totally. Like, yeah, absolutely. I want to take absolutely. the time. Yeah. But I've heard it's fucking great. So this punk band can't find any shows. Uh, to play. So they get an invite to this like backwoods club and they're like, okay, it's a skinhead club, whatever. We've Mm -hmm. done it before. Like it's money. They witness a murder and uh, they get locked in by the skinheads or uh, neo-Nazis rather. And uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. That's that's right. He's in that. Is the lead neo-Nazi and he's terrifying. His voice is so monotone and so casual and it's they're essentially locked behind they're locked in the green room mm-hmm. and they're conversing with the neo-nazis from the other side of the door and it's it's another it, i would put it up there with bone tomahawk in oh, gore, gore wise it's okay. it's over the top kind of like realistic extremely realistic gore okay. and it's it's used sparingly but it's it's a it's one where I had to like almost look away. It's oh, super fuck. effective. Okay. It's and their reactions to like the body trauma is in it seems quite realistic, which may, which amplifies the entire scene. Mm-hmm. And they're just like dumb kids, and they're being hunted by these like intelligent neo Nazis who are like, okay, we have to do this with the cops. We have to make it look like a an accident, like they were trespassing, and that they were attacked by dogs. Like they they think all of this out and they're super methodical. And that's like the scariest part of it all. And it, that once again, that it's so realistic like that. I feel like that could potentially happen in like a wooded, like uh punk venue in like rural Oregon, which is where it takes place. Or if you would have grown up around here in the 80s. True. And 90s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Maybe even just here. Yeah. The outhouse was a punk venue. Oh really? Before it was a strip club. Oh, and out in the middle of a cornfield. That, yeah, totally a movie, horror oh my movie. God, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You should see if you Close can get access home. to that <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. make make a horror movie. Oh, that'd be awesome. The punk, like, oh god, we'd all we would need penicillin shots afterwards. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay. But yeah, I'd say that just off the, if I had to pick, I'd say which maybe might be a lame answer just because it's not an actual horror film, but to me, it's one of the scariest. Okay. It's so scary. And there's a, a point that they make in the film, like, Hey, we can't use guns. So like they only have, cause they have to make the murders look like accidents. Mm-hmm. So they only use machetes. And it's like that alone <laughs> amplifies like the stakes greatly. <laughs> oh my God. 
That's awesome. So they know like if they are caught, their deaths aren't going to be pleasant. Right. And they're not like it's, it's insanity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'd say I'll definitely then watch it. Then. Highly okay. recommend it. Okay. Yeah. So horror is your favorite genre. Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite? Least favorite. Hmm. Oh, like, like drama. Like, like dr- oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Drama and like, yeah, I would, I would so say. So like goodwill hunting, not your thing. Not, not at all. Okay. Not my, not my jam. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about, but there's probably like the Godfather's a drama. You know, I say it and I'm kind of, I, I think I retract that answer. Ah, I retract it, <laughs> which you, you can totally do. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, cause that's a really good point. Um, I wouldn't say drama because movies like blue Valentine is like right? one of the most Another... gut wrenching. Isn't that a drama. Gosling that's film? Gosling. Yeah. And it destroyed me. And I love, yeah. I loved that film so incredibly much. I can't much. remember what that one's about. I've it's seen it, but I can't remember what it's about. About like a, a very realistic divorce and like it's all, it's nonlinear. So like it's cutting, like you see them fighting and then it goes back to them like falling in love. And it's just, it's gut wrenching. Well, place beyond the pines or whatever. That's the first one that came to mind when I said drama. And I was like, that's a bad answer because I love that film. That's a great fucking movie. Same director of blue Valentine. Oh really? Which makes a lot of sense because they could definitely be in like the same universe. Yeah. Cause that one jumps around. Like you don't, yeah, you didn't realize I guess at the beginning that it would then be Mm-mm. this thing at the, you know, yeah. that's a good movie. I like that. I, movie. I might have to I'm watch in love with that film. film. I love yep. that movie. So, so, okay, much. so maybe not drama, maybe least. not drama. Let me, let me rethink that least favorite musicals. Yeah. Let's say musicals. Okay. What about, I don't fuck with what musicals. About, what about La La Land? No, I Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ryan, why? <laughs> <laughs> why has Ryan been in everything? No, I actually never saw La La Land. Yeah. And, uh, neither did I. Yeah. That was, that was good rebuttal though. That was really good. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would say, uh, I would say musical. Yeah. I, I don't, I like rent like all of those. Like, no, thanks. the only one, well, there's probably a couple that I do like other than Greece. Like I love Greece. Like there's mm-hmm. some, because that's like the seventies. Like there's sure. some, there's some nostalgia totally, yeah. for me on that. Um, but there is, there is a zombie one, mm. something Christmas. No, fuck. I'll find the name of it. It's yeah. it takes place during like Christmas time. Okay, it's, it's a musical and it's about zombies. Nice, hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, um, the Scouts movie. The oh, oh Scouts, Scouts versus, versus zombie. That's a fucking like that. that movie's great awesome. Movie. Yes, that's probably one. Yes. That could be my second favorite zombie movie. That's a good one. That yeah. I I it's saw campy it's zombie, so but much good fun though. Yeah. Oh yeah, that campiness is so much fun. Yep. I remember seeing the trailer for that and just being like, "Gross!" Like, are yeah. you kidding me? And then I watched it and I was like, "Dude, this was so much fun." Yeah, those oh. kids were hilarious. Like fucking zombie. Like, like now they're all coming yeah, to me yeah, now. Yeah, right? I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Zombieland was awesome. Yeah, that two one sucked, really but I never even yeah. saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard yeah. it was it was no good. But the yeah. first one is. I remember that first time I watched it, oh, such yeah. a fun movie. Yep. So and there's some fun. jump scares in that that are. Yeah. All right, yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. Yep. For sure. What do you think? I guess back to like the zombie genre, uh, 28 days later, have you seen stuff like that? Yeah. I That's remember definitely virus, but I remember seeing them and that might've been like the first time I was like, I don't know if I like this virus versus mm-hmm. undead thing. I was, uh, they're okay. 
They're Fair not enough. my, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm biased because I'm I'm not a huge English movie mm-hmm. fan. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. That. And I, I might have to go back and revisit them, but I remember I was like, I don't really. Yeah, fair enough. I think yeah. se- sequel, I think, is in America. Is it? I think. 28 weeks, weeks later. later yeah. yeah. That was good, too. But it has, in that one, that has the guy from. Jeremy Renner. He's. Uh... Oh, he is in that. Yeah, yeah. I th- and, if I'm remembering correctly. And yeah. the, I can't remember if he was in the original or not, but like that English actor. Mm. Uh, he has a kind of a, a different name. I forget. Yeah. I forget. He was like in the Peaky Blinders guy, right? Yes. Yeah. No, well, no, he's in the original Peaky Blinders guys. Oh, original. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's the right. The second one is the, I can't think of that actor's name, hmm. English actor, but no, he's serious. And he has like the kids at the beginning and. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's an intense yeah. opening. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I liked intense. maybe the sequel better. Totally. Might be one of those yeah. ones where I like the sequel better. For sure. I'll have to go back and revisit those. So. Did you ever see Land of the Dead with uh, Paps Blue Ribbon? I forget his name. He's, he's in it. Oh, Kyle, Kyle McGoffin or Dennis uh, Hopper? Hopper. He he like he's like oh, the, the millionaire in the tower. Oh fuck yeah! So that <laughs> so that's an interesting because that's a a Romero movie. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind oh, of yeah, that's right. It's kind of not the what in that in it's in that universe, but like mm-hmm. not necessarily like mm-hmm. you're not. I don't get the link to gotcha. all of the other ones. So there's Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Mm. Day of the Dead's an interesting one, one where the original Romero is it's a s- underground I have seen that science one. Okay. Yeah. thing. And they've done the, re- I think there's a remake out too of that one mm, okay. as well, but I've never seen the remake, but that one's pretty good. The day yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. I think um, I have seen that one. Yeah. yeah. And they're all infected. They're trying to figure out the cure and they're infected in there or something I like see. that. And then there's land. Is it land of the dead? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah. That one, um, then comes out years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking years later. I liked it, but mm-hmm. it's not my favorite of those for sure. of his. For right. Sure. On. Yeah. 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 It was like definitely it. like a planet terror style. Oh, fucking planet terror. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my favorites. Robert, oh, Robert, fuck. Robbie Rodriguez. <laughs> that one was fuck, a lot That is a good one. So good. Holy shit. Man. So good. Oh my God. Everything about that film. But I, love I really have to like, I really like the, um, the Kurt Russell death proof death proof. Yeah. That was, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. That double feature, that double yeah. feature. Oh my God. That's, I think that's one of my favorite Tarantino films and everybody says they, it's like easily and their I least favorite Get about that as a Tarantino film. When mm-hmm. we're, cause when we're, my kids and I have been talking about Tarantino films mm-hmm. and my oldest is really into Tarantino and nice. I forget about fucking death proof. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, cause I think watch uh, that one. I want to say planet terror was like received in a, better way than death proof was i i could be wrong there i think so just because that just seems to be the movie everybody knows about despite mm-hmm. it being a double feature they were like yep. connected at the hip mm-hmm. you know oh, fucking death proof i guess it maybe even a triple feature if you consider machete <laughs> well <laughs> which was like eventually kind of lumped in because machete's the the preview right yeah in i can't remember which part one of it, the films, one of the yeah. films and then became its own mm-hmm thing yeah which <laughs> yeah. was a lot of fun fucking, that, that movie fun. was wild that a lot that is a yeah. lot. fucking death proof. i like that death proof i really like because it breaks it up i really like mm-hmm. that like you don't know where you're gonna go with it right 
right? Because yeah. there's the beginning scene, mm-hmm. right? Where he kills the girl in the, right. in the car. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it switches to the girls. Yeah. Like yeah. hunting down the challenger mm-hmm. or whatever to think. And he comes along yeah. after he's already done this thing. Mm-hmm. How, whatever. Which linked. in a way, I guess you could consider that a horror film. Like that's probably like Tarantino's one horror film I'd say, just because it I is mean, like it's, it's it kind is of a, a, it's a slasher in a way. Yeah, exactly. Car, yeah, car exploitation yeah. maybe. <laughs> oh, I fucking and that that fucking has that sheriff in it, like as that link. Yes, somehow yeah, to like exactly. Yeah, kill, but not really Kill Bill, but the same universe. Kind of kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Fucking death proof. I love that. I'm gonna have to watch those two again. Same. I haven't rewatched that one in a few years. Yeah, but it's hard we, to get a hold of. For some reason, really, I, I can never, I Not on Apple? can never find it. It might be. I don't have Apple though. Oh, you don't? Mm-mm. I just have Netflix. So how do you like see new shit? And... I buy them. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I gotta buy them all. Blu-ray. You're yeah. you like the own the yeah hard I like copies the physical copy of films for some reason. What is that? What is what's a because here's the thing, and I don't. I, that was a sorry, listeners. That was kind of a. Um, jumble little thing. There's a question mm-hmm. and then I'm going to back it off. Why do you need the physical copy? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I do understand it a little bit, but not now. I used to be mm. somebody. If there was a movie that I love, I would buy the movies. I had, I have stacks of DVDs mm-hmm. of movies that I loved and bought because I'm a movie fan, mm-hmm. but I haven't bought a fucking movie. I don't even own a DVD player or a blue. Mm, I never yeah. had a Blu-ray player I ever. remember you mentioning that once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then once things went kind of digital mm-hmm. and Netflix, I mean, and then something happened to our DVD player and just never placed it, but I have fucking boxes. Jack, Jack's like stuffed Skittles on them in it or something. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> something got spilled on it or whatever. But, uh, man, I have boxes in our storage room mm. of movies. Oh, nice. Yep. And like, even like one of those DVD racks mm, downstairs, yeah. I think we still have <laughs> full of dust. Yo, yeah. Just like, As, yeah. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, so I get it uh-huh. to a point, but sure. why still? So I think that kind of goes back to me just being like somewhat of a film snob just because I did go to film school and it's like, it's hard not to be, but I actually, I haven't bought a film a physical copy of a DVD in a mm-hmm. while. Okay. And the ones that I do buy are typically harder to find on. Like they, they usually don't stream. Okay. So I, me, what would be something that doesn't stream? This is going to be a podcast dedicated only to Ryan Gosling. Uh, so he directed a movie called lost river and it's very much like a Nicholas winding Refn film because he was working with him at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of neon. It's a lot of surrealism. Lost river yeah it has one of the i'm not a doctor who fan but one of the guys who played doctor who yeah whatever. but yeah i know right i'm not a doctor fan but he's yeah i'm not either he's uh he's great in this film though he's okay. he's very good and it takes place in like just dilapidated detroit okay and uh once again super surreal uh has a really cool i want to say original score but once again ryan gosling directed it in that movie i 
don't think streams anywhere. At least it didn't when I bought it. Interesting. So okay. I, yeah, so I had to buy it and it was like <laughs> this like bootleg ass copy that had like a paper cover that was just kind of like stuffed into the plastic and it's all like pixelated and shit, but it's a, you know, Blu-ray copy nonetheless. So interesting. So yeah, that's, I guess okay. that might be one of the last, no, that's not the last DVD I bought. I bought Dawn of the Dead and Land of the Dead double feature just okay. because it was like, for it was like five bucks and i was okay. like okay I, I gotta buy this interesting don't know why yeah it could be like an impulse thing well but it's still wanting the physical copy i get that i was talking to somebody that's really into music not too long ago and i and this person was kind of clearing out and selling albums and mm -hmm. things like that and i was like why why are you doing that right and this person was like because I can get everything digitally now. And we're talking music, mm. loves music, all that stuff. And it was just yeah. like, he, this person was just like, I'm just moving on to this, what's going on now. Fair so enough, yeah. It's just interesting. I wonder yeah. if movies will ever go to similar to kind of like how Spotify is. I know we have mm. Netflix and things like right. that. But, but like, like fully. Yeah, fully like. Or more so now. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I would I mean, assume so. I mean, the. COVID kind of shut shit yeah, down. Yeah, the film industry is kind of just like ceased to exist, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a weird place, kind of in limbo. And I guess the only only people that can make movies are the really big blockbustery type of thing that have the money that can exactly, continue to Exactly, yeah. It's going to sell regardless. Yeah. Know? Probably not near as much, but it'll, like they still like, in order to rent those films, it's like 20 bucks. I know. That's what pisses Which is me like, off. Like, that's, oh, how they're, that's how they're doing it. Like, yeah. It's cheaper to go to the fucking theater yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> except yeah. for you take a family of five yeah true popcorn <laughs> soda true. it's fucking two hundred dollars <laughs> yeah movies are so that, that was such an unpleasant part about the theater experience is how expensive it is yeah do you um before the lockdown on stuff were you like i'm going we you went to the movies all the time yeah i went to liberty hall quite often okay i remember i saw the lighthouse at liberty hall mm. And parasite and it was just it's such a small theater and it's such a like an intimate experience mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun compared nice. to like going to like which i, I think regal or hollywood whatever is down mm -hmm. on iowa which i think is closed now for good unfortunately um but is it really i think so yeah their sign is like deteriorating and like falling off and shit no oh no God. posters in the on the marquee and they just spent a lot seemed like a lot of money redoing that yeah for like nicer seating and mm. all that stuff yeah yeah that's oh man what do you think of that like the the huge like lazy boys in in theaters and stuff like that as i you know i'm a little bit older than you <laughs> fair enough <laughs> as i get a little older <laughs> I appreciate the space. Totally. So, yeah. you know, like if you go to Liberty Hall, mm -hmm. as you've mentioned, that's what it was like growing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Like that's how we saw movies was yeah. like uh, in the little, th the little theaters, how you saw movies. Like mm -hmm. even though it was a, you would see it in a big theater. Right. That's what your chairs were like. That's totally, what it was like. Yeah. Just like the flipping, yeah, like flip, stadium, yeah. softer stadium seats. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's how you, in a lot of times, you know that there'd be the um, screen, and then the the seats would go this way, mm. up this way, oh, okay. like up a ramp, yeah. as opposed to, well, sort of. So you'd have the front, and then mm -hmm. dip down, and back up like this. But yeah. it wouldn't be like stadium style. It would just mm. go this way. Interesting. So I always okay. like to sit all the way in the back. Yeah. Because then you kind of have a better oh totally view yeah. of it. So that's why I always sit at the top. For at sure. the theater and stadium, I just like that view. For but sure. that's how I grew up as those little seats. So as mm -hmm. as I get older and more like, I don't want people sitting next to me. 
That's an interesting, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that idea is because, uh, I guess on that note, when I went, I, my girlfriend and I, we tried to go and see, I had already seen it, but once upon a time in Hollywood, which stellar, but we went to Hollywood uh, cinema, whatever. And we were like an hour early and they're like, yeah, no, all the seats have been reserved. Nobody was there yet, but all the seats have been reserved. Um, so it was like, or no, no, scratch that. We weren't an hour ahead. We were actually kind of late, but they, uh, later than we should have been, but nobody was in the theater yet, but all the seats were reserved, but the previews were already going. So those seats probably weren't going to be taken. They were just reserved ahead of time. And we were just like, so bummed out. We were just like, man, we drove here. Like there's nobody even in there. It's just like the seats have all been reserved, which I want to say is free to do, which is flawed. Like you should have to pay for it if you're going to reserve it. And like, you know, it's oh, like, I didn't know you could just reserve it. I thought you had to pay for them. I could be wrong, which I probably am. Cause I have nothing to like fact check. Right. This no, that's fine. It was just super frustrated in the moment. Yeah. Just like they were like, yeah, nobody's really even in there, but like all the seats are reserved. And I was just like, what the fuck, man? We're like here. It, right? it, but also there's such a lack of space because they have these giant seats now but that is a definite plus is the space not having to sit super close to somebody is nice for sure. I do. There is an interesting, I haven't thought about this in a long time about this, the switch from where you would just call to see what time a movie was started. And then you'd have to get there a certain amount of time to buy mm-hmm. the tickets. So, you know, like I was never a big fan of going at seven o'clock movie right. because it was going to be jam packed and you'd have to get there early to get mm-hmm. your tickets and yeah all that shit. And so then when it moved to the internet and all that stuff and, and doing it, it seemed like it was, it is a convenience for sure to be able to get on the internet and be like, I'm going to pick that seat and that seat and that seat and do it that way. Mm -hmm. But definitely takes kind of some of the fun out of what it was like to used to go to the theater and stay in line for a ticket and hopefully you get a ticket or. Yeah. And it was weeks after it came out. We were just like, how is it sold out? There's like nobody in there, which like all of the fault was on us. Like we should have just like reserved seats, but we didn't, it had been out for weeks. So I I could, I'm such a, wow. It's interesting that we're having this conversation. I'm such a, like a pretentious snob when it comes to certain things. Mm, So I like my seat. Mm -hmm. I like, certain way i don't like it to be a lot of you know so i would like i like the experience of seeing the movie to Mm -hmm. see the movie not the experience of being in the movie theater with other people which Mm. which is another experience that people really enjoy like a packed theater right seeing a movie with a crowd of people which Mm -hmm. i like the opposite if there's nobody in there but my family or me and jill or myself Mm -hmm. even better totally Right. Yeah. I, I can't get behind that. Like the whole, like, cause that's a total, that's such a culture. That's like mm-hmm. the audience experience. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want the opposite of that. Like you said, like, yeah. I don't want, like if somebody like sneezes, I'm like, can you take it outside? <laughs> yeah. Jill, back in the day when we first were together, we'd go to, we went before we had kids, we'd probably see two movies a week nice. in the theater. Mm-hmm. We'd go and she'd be like, there'd be people talking even, oh, before, even before the movie started. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, don't say anything. Because I'd be that guy. I'd be like, Shh. stop talking. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. there's nothing worse. It's the worst. Or when somebody's trying to do like bits and like a loud, like a, or like a super heavy crowd. It's like, nobody wants to hear your fucking jokes, dude. Yeah, no shit. Are you kidding? Yep. Yep. Like, this isn't the time. This isn't your stage time. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you take it And there's somewhere nothing else. worse than like, especially when you see it at like, uh, a movie at like Liberty where their sound isn't that great. And mm. you have somebody that's 
Oh God. Talking like you missed fucking pieces of the movie. Mm. Cause they're fucking people talking. Ooh. But now in this day and age out at the Hollywood one, it's so fucking loud mm-hmm. that you're not missing anything. Yeah. Cause people are talking. <laughs> they it's got just, that shit turned all the way it's up. All the, yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking that one's turned to 11 for sure. Oh yeah. So, totally. yeah. um, what, what would you say is your favorite script favorite, like mm, mm-hmm. dialogue movie script movie. So, uh, kind of going back to the director that I was telling you about, uh, S Craig, I want to say last name is Zoller. Uh, most of his scripts are just totally sound. They're written super well. The descriptions are wonderful. Everything about it is almost reading. It is almost as disturbing as seeing the film, which I think is extremely special. Like reading bone Tomahawk is almost as bad as seeing it. Obviously as bad, but it's close. Yeah. His, his descriptions are so visceral and so just, just disgusting and just like beautifully written. Um, so Bone Tomahawk, I'd say, is an awesome script, but he has another script that was never put to film, although it has, I think it won multiple awards at festivals for like the greatest script that has never been put to film yet. Really? And it's called The Brigands of ba- Rattle Gorge or something. It's a Western, okay. um, super Western name, and it's brutal. And it was written before bone tomahawk in like 2010 okay. so bone tomahawk is very similar in a way like the characters are kind of i want to mm-hmm. say derived from each other um but that script which once again has never been put to film is my favorite script it, i read it i finished it a few weeks ago and it i want to say is like 180 pages or something like that uh i can't quite remember but it was stellar from start to finish so it's 180 pages for a script long or short so usually one page equates to one minute of screen time really yeah yeah so like the first script that i wrote the first feature so that's two three hours long yeah just about yeah Yeah, which is which makes sense for his film's length excluding bone tomahawk but the uh first script that i wrote was 80 so that was like a a solid like 100 or uh hour Roughly in an hour and a half. Right. That's kind of where it sat. Mm-hmm. And it's not exact always, but generally that's like the rule of thumb. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I miss the epic films, mm. the three hour movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I really, as a, like, like heat. Oh yeah. Like movies like mm-hmm. that where it kept you entertained for two and a half, three hours long. Mm-hmm. They just don't make, those style of movies they don't anymore. They really don't. Attention spans just aren't there. Maybe two hours is like, yeah, but maybe. mainly like 90 to a hundred minute is what. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so, typical nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I miss those like epic. Heat. So good. Oh, such a good fucking movie, man. <laughs> Michael Mann, right? That's the Michael Mann. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Michael yeah. Mann is amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing director. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say, and I'm not a, I'm not a screenplay. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not that much, not that deep in like, Hey, what's the screenplay? Big Lebowski. Mm, mm-hmm. Probably that writing for that, the Sark. And you know, I don't know how much of that is like improv mm. in, in that movie with the, with the screen, with the dialogue and screenplay, mm-hmm. but just the sarcasm alone that they had to create. Oh, it's so effective. And I'm sure it has something to do with just, uh, Jeff Bridges being as phenomenal as he is and was in that right. film. 
but the writing is so, so good. I think that that's a Coen Brothers movie, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. I always forget that. Like when you like think of like No Country for Old Men and all those. It's so, so strange s- having So they they do an interesting I think there used to be a thing that they did where they did a comedy and then a drama and then a comedy and then a drama. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So if I remember right, they did raising Arizona Mm -hmm. and then they did like Miller's crossing. Oh, okay. And then they did something funny and then they did, uh, what was the one? No, that was probably after big Lebowski. Uh, like the black and uh, the invisible man or whatever that was with uh, oh fuck I was married to Angelina Jolie what's that uh, married to Angelina Jolie oh what's that actor's name Not- director Billy Bob Thornton oh okay yeah Billy Bob yeah. Thornton he did a um, movie called the invisible man with the Coen Bros. really in black and white oh nice really um, I haven't seen it but they're they're um, other than no country for old men no country for old men is probably my favorite of their like drama mm-hmm. or their like serious movies, but their serious movies are really like long mm. and like, um, I, w- I don't want to say boring, but like boring. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. good. Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, big Lebowski to go back to what you're saying is so, so good. Dude. I fucking love that. Movie. I, I don't think I've ever, read that script that'd be a fun one to get your hands on so is that what you like to do you enjoy like hey that movie i like i'm gonna read the script yeah totally which is so weird it's kind of like yeah and like (laughs) yeah it's such a strange concept but i like uh so with green room like the Mm -hmm. script uh uh, jeremy solnier's script is just readily available Uh, you can just find it like wherever granted it's like a i want to say like a first ish draft but it's cool seeing the changes that take place because I've seen the movie a hundred times and I know every line. So it's interesting reading it and seeing like, Oh, that's actually not the direction they go in that scene. Uh. But it's like, he changed it for like the with the shooting script, um, which is like, it has gone through like an evolution of changes from start to, you know, to final draft. But I, I like finding those uh, differences. I think that's always fun. Do you ever I, and I can't think of the movie offhand right now where they where they said that they, that they got somebody got the script and then they just butchered it and mm. then it became a movie and it wasn't like from the original thing. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that question. Do you? Oh, do you ever find those scripts and then watch the movie and go, "This isn't somehow this mm. script got changed from when I read it to the movie." Mm. Is that hard to? So fortunately not that I, I know a lot of people who are like, they, they're super disheartened by that, which like rightfully so. Like if you're in Mm -hmm. love with this piece of writing and then it's just butchered Mm -hmm. and like modified to fit like the mainstream Mm -hmm. audience's expectations, like that's horrible. But fortunately most of the scripts that I read, the, the writers also directed it. Okay. Yeah. So that's like with, uh, the witch, like, uh, Robert Eggers, he wrote it and directed it. Jeremy Solnay with green room. Um, and Denny Villeneuve, he writes, I th- um, yeah, he writes his film. Oh no, he doesn't. He, he writes most of them, I think, but oh, that's not true either. Uh, anyways, bad example. Um, but yeah, fortunately most of the, the folks that I read also direct their films. Okay. So I never really experienced that, but like I said, I do like spotting the differences mm-hmm. that they, they do. Um, going back to what I just said about Denny Villeneuve, uh, his, the guy that wrote, 
uh, Sicario. I don't know if you've seen Sicario. Oh, yeah. Uh, people, that gets a, people don't like that movie, but I really do. I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, Taylor Sheridan is the writer and he's just like a, a real life cowboy type character, which mm-hmm. makes sense because a lot of his writing is very Neo Western mm-hmm. with like Sicario as strange as it is, is essentially a Western with like this huge Vista shots and yep. it, uh, the just different themes uh hell or high water i don't know if you've seen that one uh, yeah. highly re- yeah oh what's one Fucking of my love abs- that movie one that movie, of my absolute favorites. that was one of those movies that um i had really low expectations mm-hmm. of yeah i was like i'll just watch it and then mm-hmm. it was just like holy shit yeah it's really good especially with the um i'm not a big fan of the captain kirk Guy. Oh right, right. Yeah, I'm not either. I don't watch a lot with him in it. Gigantic eyebrows freak me out. <laughs> I freak. hate him for it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can't only look at his fucking eyebrows. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I know. I don't ever find myself watching a lot that he's in, but in that particular role, I think he did really well. Oh, especially and, Ben Foster, though. Oh, uh, Ben Foster, crazy amazing. outlaw brother was so but he, good. But he is. If you know anything about him, an actual crazy person, uh, he's like actually like <laughs> oh yeah, out there a little bit in his. He'll probably life. send Zenu after me just for that comment right? <laughs> or some of his Scientology yeah, boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, um, but there's a scene in that movie, mm-hmm. Hell or High Water, at the very end, where they're sit. He's sitting on the porch, mm-hmm. or he's in his house, or whatever, and they end up sitting on the porch together. Yes. That scene, one of the greatest scenes, not only in that film, but I've seen, I think. Wow. Like he, they both know. Yes. He's like, come and get it. Exactly. Basically like, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges again. Right. Yeah. In that scene is so cool. Yep. And so like just this haggard cowboy who just lost his partner. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I know that you are reason why you, you may not have did it, but you're highly responsible. And yep. he's just like, yeah, like you said, come and get it. That, yep. that dialogue. He, they did that for the family. Like yeah, the yeah. sister, I can't remember exactly why they. Yeah. Like his, his kids, I want to say or something like that. Yeah. Divorced uh, lead. I, I can't yep. quite remember, but yes, that scene in particular is so good. Yep. And that, that writer does the Neo Western so well, like with hell or high water, instead of horses, it's like a rusted out Camaro. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, a six shooter, it's an AR 15. Right. And it just, it translates so well to like the modern day. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite films for sure. And then the third, uh, of like the Neo Westerns that Taylor Sheridan wrote, um, what's the name of it? It's, uh, uh, takes place in like the, the Arctic, tundra or it's at least winter i think uh it's about like the uh the murders of indigenous women on reservations with uh jeremy renner that movie is fucking amazing isn't that stellar i can't watch i can't i can't think of the name of that we Um, watched it um as a family one night we're like wow yes really good so good um yeah, I can't remember the name for some reason, but yeah, such an important. That's film the one that they have the scene at the trailers, right? Yeah, the shootout thing yes. with like the the uh, reservation security yes. or something like that, or, or yeah, and it's like the uh, this this private security organization is like having a standoff with the actual police, and it's so wild. Yeah. And Jeremy Renner's in the background with a sniper rifle. 
And it's, that is such an awesome scene. And who's the chick in that movie? Uh, something Olson, Elizabeth Olson, Elizabeth Olson. That's yeah. right. Yeah. She's a cop in that or something. She, yeah. Like an FBI yeah. agent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a good, good that's film. Like I said, such an, yep. an important film too. And there's the scene. Cause he's like hired to find the, his friends. Wind river. Wind river. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh no. He's hired to find his friend's daughter or figure out that whole. Yeah. Somehow that's really connected in at the mm. end. Oh man. Yeah. Cause he's a tracker. He's not, yeah, he's, he, he helps right. the, the law. Yep. And she comes in, uh, the FBI agent comes in to, to help out and it's, it's brutal. That is yeah. such a brutal film. And, uh, it has some of the coolest shootouts. I, I think Fuck, I've seen I'm in a while. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful film. Like I said, important, uh, but also just all around a solid film. Mm-hmm. Such a good film. But that writer, that was his first directorial debut, okay. that Taylor Sheridan guy. Um, and he did such a good job with it. I thought oh, yeah. wrote it and ended up directing it. But it sounds to me like you've kind of have this, and, th- and this is my words, not, and correct me if I'm wrong, kind of this newer school view yeah. on like, who's the, who's the most creative mm-hmm. writers and directors that are happening kind of now where yeah. I'm like, I'm still kind of stuck in like Scorsese, Absolutely. Ridley Scott. Like yeah. I know that there, you know, there's appreciation for you on that one, but that's mm-hmm. where I kind of, when I think about when I thought about sitting down with you, that they would be discussing that type of stuff, oh, not this yeah. newer, yeah. which I enjoyed. Totally. I'm, I'm learning shit, but mm-hmm. That I, I'm just wondering, like, what are your thought processes on like diving back to like Lynch, mm-hmm. um, Ridley Scott, even though right. that's, he still does stuff now, but mm-hmm. like those kind of older school writer directors, things like that, as far as like your influencer yeah. thought process. Yeah, totally. So my yeah, my taste definitely lies with like the uh, the newer directors for mm-hmm. sure. Um, obviously I have such fond memories of watching like Goodfellas and other Scorsese work and like taxi driver, like those before, like I said, watching drive in that Mm -hmm. dusty old basement. Like I had a love for film most likely because of like taxi driver, Goodfellas and all of those, the greats and like Halloween, uh, all of these phenomenal older films that paved the way for like the standard of good film which film is you know totally subjective but in a way Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of objective too there's a formula to it right and these older directors like these films wouldn't exist without them Mm -hmm. i'm i'm almost certain so yeah so yeah uh yeah i'm I'm, i i think about that often that my my favorite films if i were to ask somebody i went to film school with hey what's your favorite top five favorite films they would definitely draw from like years and years ago but for some reason my taste lies in like the the newer Mm -hmm. style of filmmaking and i'm not quite sure why i don't dislike uh older films in any way and i definitely am not like deterred from watching an older film just because it is old like i love old film but yeah i'm not sure i'm not quite sure what it is there's 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 something about that idea that there's a certain point where a movie seems outdated yeah, right? for sure. Like, yeah. And so like, even with my own kids, they're like, mm. Jax will be like, is that an old movie? <laughs> and I have to have some perspective because it's not necessarily 
it's still good to me, even though yeah. it was 1984, mm, right? Mm-hmm. But if yeah. he's looking at it, he's like, this is fucking old and boring. <laughs> right. And I just had this thought. My dad used to do this to me. He's like, oh, we're going to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, what, some old movie. Like, But it was cool hand Luke, right? Oh, yeah. So, which is a fucking fantastic movie, but yes. still old. Like, yeah, yeah. When I was watching. And then American Graffiti. He loved to show me mm. American Graffiti. Like, any chance to get, let's watch American Because <laughs> he loves fucking cars, old cars and shit. And happy that's days. Awesome. And whatever, <laughs> sure. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting because I'd be like, oh, what old movie are we going to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now yeah. my kids have that. But my oldest doesn't mind it as much. Like he doesn't, mm. he doesn't, I don't think he views it like Otto or Jax views it as old. I see. So it's interesting. With newer films, I don't like there are some films where I watch them. I'm just like, okay, those films are just cool as shit. Like through and through that doesn't happen as much as when I think of older films, like, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, why can't I think of the director's name? Clint Eastwood. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 this, uh, the Italian guy, Italian guy. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, um, I can't think of that dude's name. Oh man. Good, the bad, ugly. Um, man. Son of a, where's our, where's our back check guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So good, bad, ugly. Um, what else did he do? He did, um, um, a uh, fistful of dollars, right? Yeah. Dollars more dollars trilogy. Man. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it here. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it Jeez, before you Of course, you can they're see not going to do the fucking director first. It's talk about Clint Eastwood. Right. That's not. Oh, yeah. It's it's escaped me. I can't think of it. Son of a bitch. Okay. That's not where I wanted to go. Damn, I'm not the Google person. I gotcha. Um, I hit cast. Um, bear with us. Let's see. We don't have our own young Jamie. <laughs> uh, Directed oh, Sergio, Sergio Leone. Leone. Yes. Sergio Leone. Oh I my gosh. You. you got me. Yep. I remembered Ennio Morricone. Yep. Does the scores, which are just. Uh, so, so, so do you like those or not? Love them. Okay. Love them. That's, those are the films that I can think back of and just think that those are so incredibly cool mm-hmm. and not even in like a novelty way because like the voiceovers and it was all so shitty and it, oh. it was all done so poorly, but it still has just aged so well. Like that final shot where they're all in the triangle mm-hmm. and it's so cool. Like, yeah. that, it, like that's probably a bad word to use, but that's the only word I can think of just like cool as shit fuck i love that yeah like they're just such cool films especially yeah. that one yeah and it's such an easy watch like in my head well, it's i always short, I it's so it's short i yeah. always remember it being really long but like it's not i think it's 90 minutes maybe yeah it's yeah. like the perfect length for like somebody with like a short attention span yeah who wants to like kind of like delve into older cooler film like that yeah, yeah. that's that's an interesting i didn't see those dolls a little older in life Mm, to mm. like that you know even though that they were still would be old if i was a kid and saw me they were in the 60s early 70s when those were made i think um yeah that's so but interesting, i think right? i saw them really saw them in the early 2000s late totally, 90s yeah. early 2000s for me yeah. just because i got into i was in a clint eastwood phase mm-hmm. at that time and watched yeah. a lot of clint eastwood um 
westerns for sure so the spaghetti western yeah um, such a such an awesome like offshoot of westerns just that gritty style of of kind of taking a an american genre and just like like the most popular genre at the time i'm sure and just flipping it on its head oh and yeah like fuck it we want gallons of stage blood like we want like we want crazy shootouts we don't want to like clutch your stomach and fall over yeah, shit just, yeah it's really interesting it went that way yeah so you made a comment early on in the podcast where when we were joking around about shoes about um had to wear matt's marvel <laughs> flip-flops and you kind of like cringed or something i can't remember exactly it's probably not because it, you're thinking about matt and how fat he is and how he ruined the definitely the, no definitely the fattest person i've ever met <laughs> yeah Easily. so um so back to marvel and then bring it to now when we're talking a little bit about ridley scott do you mm -hmm. see marvel the same way ridley scott in his comment about how they're just he didn't he he later mm. came back and kind of redacted his like saying he's not those aren't bad movies they're sure. just formulaic or however he said that but mm. are those things do you cringe at those type of movies like those big blockbuster <clears throat> comic book so i don't really cringe at them i i think i've seen one is the okay. is is the best way i could put that i have very little interest in it i think they're very cookie cutter and uh, this just sounds so pretentious because so many people love them and it's like, fuck it. That's what matters. Like if people love them, then like, mm -hmm. you know, do your thing. But they also just make so much money. And it's just like, that's the thing to do right now is to make those blockbuster superhero films, which, which once again is like, you know, that's, that's cool. Like I have no, it doesn't like take away from like the cool, like independent horror films mm -hmm. that come out. Like they're, they're obviously not going to even be in the same realm, but like it's, yeah, I, I don't like really turn my nose at them. I just, I don't have a whole lot of interest in them. And I, I also think they're like really long. And also they have like that lore aspect to them that I am so unfamiliar with that a lot of people I think really enjoy. Like seeing their like favorite comic book uh, hero. That's what you're saying. And like they know the backstory. They know every single detail and like, subtle nuance about like whatever character and like what they've been through. And it's like, I have none of that. So it's like, I don't think they have that character building in the film because they don't necessarily need to, because they know that their fan base is like, they know the in and out of the, whatever characters on screen. I don't. So I don't find myself enjoying those films. I think I saw, like I said, one. So you really like a, a film that has a real, so it has good character development in it already yeah. or within the process yeah. of the yeah. movie. So mm -hmm. you, you, you don't already know who the character is when you start it. You, you get to know the character mm -hmm. when you're watching the film. Like yeah, that. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Not knowing them beforehand because Granted, I'm certain there's character development in these Marvel films. There's but... not. I mean, the more I think about, it, not really. Like right. when you read, if you read Iron Man mm -hmm. comic book, yeah, you know Tony Stark and what kind of person yeah. he is. It's just maybe Robert Downey Jr. brought a certain element mm -hmm. to that. Yeah, but you know who Tony. If you read that, you know who Tony Stark's going to be. And the only argument that could be made, or can be made, or whatever the fuck I want to say, <laughs> is did he play Tony Stark the way he was in the mm, comic book? Like, you know, that yeah, argument like that, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. And he didn't live up to the Tony Stark or this or that. Right. Mm, or, yeah. or the Hulk wasn't this right. in an, an original movie. Right. It's not a comic book blockbuster. You don't have that. You don't have anything yeah. to compare that. You just only have 
the character that was developed, you either like the character that was developed or you mm -hmm. don't like the character. Yeah, exactly. Worked. There yeah. aren't like that. There, there's that audience audience expectation isn't there. It's extremely present in Marvel films, obviously, mm -hmm. because it's like a brand. While, like you said, with like a film where the character was invented a year ago on mm -hmm. paper and you have no idea who they are. I think there's a little, there's a lot less catching up that I feel like I have to do. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm kind of, I, I'm like I said, not like super against Marvel films. It's just, they're not my jam. They never okay. really have been. What about, what about like when you take somebody like John Favreau, Favreau or whatever, however you ever say his mm -hmm. last name mm -hmm. who directs some of those big blockbuster and then like he's done some really great independent mm. films. How do you, do you, do you judge that at all? Like no. as a person that um, kind of back and forth on stuff like that? No, I don't think so. I, uh, I actually didn't know that he even directed Marvel films. Yeah. He directed I, the first Iron Man, Iron Man, and then has been involved in all of the that those movies on some level, either oh. either produced them, helped write the screenplays, any of that stuff. He's been. Mm. I think he might have done second Iron directed the second Iron Man as well. Oh, okay, which um, the first Iron Man I think is the only one that I actually have seen. Okay. Which I I you know I saw it when I was really young. I thought it was a blast. It's just I I know what. I'm in for with the Marvel mm -hmm. films and it's, and granted I hear some of them are awesome. Like a, one of the Avengers in particular, I can't remember which one I hear is stellar and it's like an awesome action film, but it's like, I, you know, I, once again, I just don't know enough about it and I feel like I'd be kind of left in the dark. So I just, I, it's like I said, not my jam, but, but yeah, uh, the John Favreau, th uh, thing, were you were you asking if like I look at him differently because he does do these blockbuster films and then he does do like the independent? Yeah, films? like how do, how mm. do you like see somebody that's? Do you see that as like selling out or do you mm. see that as like just just doing what you love to do and on a bigger scale and a, and a and it gets you to do it on a, be able to do things on a lower schedule because you have the money yeah. not to worry about it? Right. Yeah. No, I definitely don't. I I mean, it's like technically selling out, but I don't see him as like a sellout or anything, you know, mm -hmm. like he's making more money than God with those films. And I mean, that's what the industry I guess is about. So in a way, like I could see how somebody would look at him in a negative way because it is kind of like clouding up or at least like taking space in the film community because he has so much the ability to make pretty much anything he would ever want. While now like, we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While like somebody else potentially wouldn't have the funding and wouldn't be able to like make like, maybe it was like an important film that they desperately think needs to be shown. Like they, it could never even get off the ground, but like, that's, I mean, that's like any industry, you know, it's like people are going to have negative feelings towards somebody because they're successful. I personally don't. Okay. But like I said, I guess I could see how somebody would maybe if they're a little more jaded than I was. Mm -hmm. Are you a fan of swingers? Yeah, I haven't seen it in years and years and years. And I think okay. when I did see it, I probably wasn't able to appreciate it. Okay. I would definitely revisit it for sure. So there's definitely for you, as I kind of continued to get to know you, a definitely a like, specific area that you're in and, and see as far as films and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I totally. bet you'll, I bet as you get older though, you'll start, revisiting 
things that are older and mm-hmm. and kind of rewatching and because I think sure. the Swingers is like that's a kind of a classic indie film. Yeah, that him totally. and um, Vince Vaughn did on. That's right. Yeah, very limited budget. Mm-hmm. He wrote him and Vince, I think he wrote and directed John Favreau did on mm. that one. Yeah. Nice. And there's yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one that I would like to revisit. I think talk about dialogue. Yeah. That one has an interesting like way that they discuss stuff and not a lot of if I if I think back to an interview, not a lot of um improv. Oh, nice. doing it so they like stuck super tight script to their script. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nice. interesting. That's yeah, you don't see that a whole lot with like especially the indie films with like people who are like genuinely funny like those two. That's interesting that they stuck to such a tight mm-hmm. script. Yeah. yeah. You just don't hear about that a whole yeah. lot. What's your favorite comedy? Favorite comedy. Man. Uh maybe like The Big Lebowski. Okay. Or even like I would consider like Fargo pretty hilarious. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's that's super pretty funny. good. But yeah, I guess I don't watch a whole lot of comedies. I'm sure I did when I was younger, but yeah, I can't th- quite think of it. I, I guess I'd say The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Okay. Yeah, just because okay. that that is a very funny film. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Like you're re- you're you are really like pigeonhole's not the right word, mm-hmm. but really f- super focused on like just this kind of certain area. Yeah, totally. Of films, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, yeah. um, which is super fucking cool because I've learned a lot like <laughs> about different directors and mm-hmm. that stuff. But I, but I think about, oh, I'm like, he didn't say Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> as far as a comedy, so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, now that I've, we've discussed a lot. I'm, I'm a little of this thing in the back of my head still keeps chirping at me about you fashion film. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it just cause I like saying it like this and a murderer meaning purple belt and jujitsu mm. <laughs> four stripes or whatever, like pretty up there. Right. Like, it's an interesting um, look. There's not a lot mm. of, well, I guess for me, my thought process is, mm. is that that's pretty crazy, right? Like, so, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah. Super crazy. No, I guess you just don't see that combination a whole lot. Well, not in Lawrence, Kansas. Anyways, yeah, definitely right? not. Yeah. You know, so not. what keeps you, so you have this like, I love movies and this kind of artsy mm-hmm. piece of you. And then this, like, I'm going to go in and one, what I really like seeing you do right now is teach kids. Right. Cause my mm-hmm. kids are a part of, get to be a part of that and you're, and you're fun with them, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And like killing people and you're good at it. You're good at jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely done it long enough not to suck. <laughs> right. You're good. At, so where does that, how does that still fit in? And what is that like? Mm thought process in your brain. Does that even make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, I think about very few things other than film jujitsu. And I guess a small part of that is like what I'm wearing. <laughs> it's mostly just teasing about, no, 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 no. But it's there. Like yeah. those, I would say those are the three things. Yeah. Like I, I definitely like fashion as it kind of makes me cringe to say is like, that is something that I think about fairly often, mm-hmm. but the two heavy hitters, definitely jujitsu and film. So those are like, uh, 
compartmentalized in my brain for sure. And they take mm-hmm. up most of my brain space, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, sometimes there's overlap with okay. like writing, like incorporating like jujitsu maybe. Okay. Awesome. I like to do that. Like with green room, there is some of the most realistic jujitsu I've ever seen. And it is brutal that I'm definitely watching it. Yes. They, they, okay. there's super subtle character development where this, the drummer, I believe makes a comment about, uh, or they like call him jujitsu that they like, hey, calm down over there. Jujitsu. And it's just like, Oh, what's that count? What's that? Mean? Uh, That's interesting. Okay. And then you see, I'll, I'll just let you find out because okay, it's cool. It's the most realistic jujitsu I've ever seen in a movie. Okay. It's, okay. it's grizzly. It's, it's what a, a, an actual life or death jujitsu scenario probably would look like. Oh, then I'm, yeah. it's on. I it's insane. Okay. Highly recommend. So even though they sometimes blend yep. pretty compartmentalized on some level, right? Like for, sure. for you, what, what, as I've recently found this summer, even though for years and years and years, I've wanted to practice jujitsu mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. 20 plus years, 25 plus years. I've wanted to practice jujitsu and finally doing it. Nice. What's, how did you get obsessed and is it an obsession in that sense of like how it's compartmentalized in your head? Mm. So I'd say I became obsessed when I started training with Calvin. Okay. Calvin seeing how good he got and how quickly he got just because he, he was obsessed, is obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. He's not dead. He is obsessed. Not he was. Is, <laughs> he is, obsessed, he with is obsessed with it. And it like, seeing not only him, but others uh, really just get so like good at the sport because not only are they showing up, but they're like thinking about it constantly. They're watching tutorials and stuff, which has never really been my thing, but just the showing up part mm-hmm. and just like thinking about it and like having a goal with jujitsu and like the short term, like what you're going to do during like a role mm-hmm. that is what kind of forced me to become obsessed. Okay. I was like, Okay. Cause when I first started training with rivers, I, uh, or w- with at rivers rather it, I didn't take it super serious. Like I, I loved training and I loved the people I was training with, but I, I would be like, okay, I could miss today. Like whatever. Like I was, I didn't have a whole lot going on. Like I was just in school. Like I didn't, there was no excuse really to miss it. Um, but once quarantine happened, and like everything stopped, that's when I started coming every day. Oh. Yeah. I started going every day and it had my like full undivided attention. And I was like, okay, like if I keep going, chances are I'm going to get better. <laughs> like, right. you know, that's just kind of how it works because I'm, I used to be a very superstitious person for some reason. And I would tell myself the more I go in a row, the more I'm going to be able to find my mistakes. And I don't want that. I don't want to like be shown my mistakes. I don't know if it was like an arrogance thing or like an insecurity, but that's how I would think. I'd be like, okay, no, like I did really well this night. Time to skip for a few days and then go back and like keep that, that good record, like mental, you know, like uh, tally. It was so dumb and such probably a toxic way to, to train. But it was all like internal, like it was, oh, it was so. never like external. Um, but then I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. I'm just going to go every day. And plus I fell in love with everybody at the gym mm-hmm. like that. 
and that's been that way since I've trained there for like two years. I had trained with them um, at their last location for, I think like a few weeks. Okay. So that's what I'm referring to. I kind of like fell off and like stopped going. Okay. was too tired, quote unquote, whatever, but training at their new location with them for the last two years, it's, I've gone most of the week uh, Mm -hmm. usually, Mm -hmm. but once I, like I said, uh, since all of this has happened, I've trained every day for the most part Mm -hmm. and it's made like a dramatic difference. And I, it's noticeable. And that was really fascinating to me oh. seeing like all of the holes in my game that I was so afraid to like confront earlier. Now I'm like, okay, yes, show me more. Like I want to keep seeing what I'm doing wrong. So being at the level that you're at, right. Mm-hmm. Cause purple belt's considered a higher level and you're, and you're a few stripes into that. Mm-hmm. Who shows you? Your, so when you think about your holes in your yeah. game, who shows you those holes? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, you don't have to specifically say names if you don't want to. And what do you do about that? So when Calvin was here, it was him. Yeah. Oh dude, he would obliterate my legs. And it was so fascinating to me Okay. how his like forearms felt like, like cleavers. I was like, that's insane. And I like want more of that. Like I need to see mm-hmm. it. And he's so sweet about it too, which was such a nice oh, thing. Yeah. Um, but since he's left, uh, and it's always been these people as well, but Matt, it's, oh Matt! Oh, <laughs> no, hate him so yeah, much. he's the worst. So fat. <laughs> uh, uh, Trevor, Matt, Heidi—they're mm-hmm. just wrecking balls, and they're they're in different ways, in the right. best way possible. Like they are like the loves of my life, and they f- point out any hole that I have in my game mm-hmm. every time we roll, and it's such an awesome thing. I love it so much. So that do they point it out in a way like? Hey, you did this or mm. they let you like you fucked up and you got choked or, or whatever right, the thing right. is. Right. So it's different. Uh, Heidi's very like subtle about it. She's so technical and it's so awesome. And she'll just do it right there in the moment and like catch you. Matt, he will usually capitalize on it. But afterwards, if you ask if mm. you did anything wrong, he'll be like, yeah, just do this differently. It was good. Other than that, Trevor will obliterate that mistake. He will capitalize on that mistake in that exact moment hard. So you, which is such a good thing for me particularly Mm -hmm. because like, I remember that I try to at least like the exact moment where I kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. He'll be like, don't do that. Boom. And then he'll, he'll do it. Mm -hmm. He'll, he'll attack uh, my mistake, which is such an awesome thing. Um, So yeah, they all have, they all uh, have like different ways of approaching it and all three are so beneficial, I think. Okay. Just the different ways that they approach capitalizing on holes in people's games, especially mine. Because, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. I would, the comment you made a little earlier about like, it was, it's really interesting to me, like where you, you'd go and you do really well and then not come. And then you said mm. it was like this internal. Yeah. Because you didn't want to, the, the, the not so good things to be pointed out. Yeah. How do you, there's a dichotomy that I'm feeling with you a little bit. Like there's this, we talked a little bit earlier about maybe some of this arrogance and ego early on. Mm-hmm. And yet now there's some like self-confidence. Oh no, I'm not breaking. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, but like, no, you're you totally right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not right here. I see what this is. <laughs> but no, like, no, no. how do you, ba- how do you start to balance that and really, um, get your self-confidence game up where you let mm, that, mm-hmm. where you let go of 
the technical mistake, learn from right. it and move on. Yeah. No, that's a really good point because that, that really does describe my overall being, especially in the past, like not so much nowadays. Mm-hmm. I like to think that I've grown a little wiser and much more into my own skin. But in the past, uh, that arrogance was also like kind of juxtaposed with like insecurity, like mm-hmm. crippling anxiety and all of those things, whether that be a self-defense mechanism, I don't know. It more than likely was, mm-hmm. but, uh, the uh, jujitsu thing, I don't, I don't quite know what that was. That was just me wanting to end on a good note rather mm-hmm. than like be approached by like a, like a, like by loss mm-hmm. because like I've done jujitsu for a long time. I've got, I've lost an awful lot. Like, you right. know, yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely not a uh, foreign concept to me. Like mm-hmm. that's, you definitely lose more than you win. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in like the, like the longevity of it all. But Uh, I think it was more so that like sleeping a little better at night, just being like, Oh, I ended that on a good note. That was Mm -hmm. great. Rather than like losing and being like, okay, I have to think about this, this and this and this and this. It was, yeah. And you know, I I don't quite know what that says, but that's just, that's how my mind worked, especially back then. Now, if like I get beaten and I surely do, it's like, okay, I'm like, okay, back to the drawing board, baby, let's do it. And also I'm like, I have like so much like, happiness and like like uh i'm just i'm so happy when somebody does and because they're so stoked i'm mm-hmm. just like yeah like why do you think i'm like fucking a mutant like you can like anybody can beat me i'm like 175 pounds like and super lazy <laughs> like you can surely beat me but it's it's really nice seeing others uh just really just get better to the point where like they're confident with these attacks and they're doing it. And I'm just like, yes, finally just pull my rip, my grips away. Like it's mm-hmm. not hard, you know, like do it. It's kind of like how I used to roll with Trevor. Like I used to roll with Trevor and I was so timid and I was like, mm. I'm going to put my arm here on your shoulder and I'm going to try to, and he would just be like, okay, stop. Like just roll with me like a normal person, dude. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So it's gotten a lot better, but not that that's how people are with me. No, at, no. Yeah. In any way. But I, uh, I certainly don't want it to be like that. So it's anyways, nowadays when I do get beat, it's beat, whatever that fucking means. Whenever I tap, uh, it's such a a nice thing for the other person. You know, it's like you're seeing their growth because there's so much, because just being a younger gym, seeing everybody progress quite rapidly Mm -hmm. because we do have a lot of like lunatics who show up every day Uh, and that's such an awesome thing. And just seeing them get better and better is so, so much fun and such an awesome thing to see. So how do you, you kind of skated the answer. Did I? (laughs) Oh no. So how do you, how do you, I guess maybe I didn't ask a threat. So you lose, let's just Uh use that one. Sure. Uh, You get caught in something in the evening. Do you let it hang on your head? Or are you able to let it go? Mm. Like, does your does the self confidence, the lack of self confidence, kick in, or does that arrogance and ego, which can be the same thing depending on how you look at yeah, it, yeah, yeah, kick in? So, in the moment, I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm gonna give this guy my belt right now. Like, mm-hmm. this that was horrible. Like, on my end, mm-hmm. great on their end. Yeah. So there's like definitely like uh, self deprecation in the moment, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I cannot believe I let that happen. But then I'm like, okay, stop thinking like that. You psychopath. Like you're a human who trains like just as much as everybody else. Like they're also getting better. So it's just like this inner conflict. So I try not 
to let it be like an arrogance thing. Cause I'm not, a, I don't think I'm an arrogant person. No. And I at least try not to be not like compared to like my younger, like high school, mm. like dumb kid self. I, uh, so I, that's, I don't think as prevalent as it once was, but I'm trying not to skate around it. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're doing a good job. So like ego can be something like people don't understand ego mm-hmm. a lot. Like, I'm not saying you don't, but like right. when yeah. you talk about ego is that ego can be an internal thing too, right? It's mm-hmm. not this mm-hmm. thing where, where people say, oh, he's got a big ego. It can right. be inside enough where it, like you beat yourself up about mm. why the fuck did I do that? How did they get that? Da, da, da. Like, and then yeah. that's where it gets mixed with that insecurity mm. yeah. piece as well. Well, in right. that regard, yeah, that's totally present inside. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's a big thing that I do deal with. And I don't even want to say fight with I'm more, more so just like, okay, get over it. And then I get over it. Okay. You know, like when I'm rolling with Matt, like he should crush me and by God, by God, he does like, you know, and he should, but like all in none of this, like frustration is ever directed at like somebody else, like ever. It's always me. I'm just like, Oh, why'd you let that happen? Why'd you do this? And it's just like, Oh wait, he's, you know, a black belt that has a lot of experience and it was mm-hmm. like super solid at jujitsu. Mm-hmm. He should beat me the way that he does. And then I'm over it, you know? Okay. Yeah. It's, okay. it's like, just like rationalizing it in my own head. I'm just like, essentially just like, okay, get over it. Like this is, this is the, the nature of this sport is like, you're on top of the world. And then, Oh, guess what? You're at the bottom now, baby. <laughs> you know, like, and I've known that forever, but it's, it's weird. Just like having reoccurring, themes i guess you know do you find that the kind of the older you get the more the more you get more relaxed with it with your jujitsu yeah for sure totally yeah and it's only gotten better you know like like i said like if i were like some cocky blue belt which i was at one point you know like granted i wasn't good at jujitsu i just i got my belt probably too fast but when somebody would beat me i would like come up with reasons in my head and I'd be like, uh, and like, I wouldn't be able to acknowledge Reasons that I was doing that, you, it, that you I got, lost. Yeah. Because like, it was you or them because they were better than you, which was, which was it? Did you say I, I messed up? Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So if it were a higher belt, I would be like, oh, well, they're just, they're just better than me. They have mm. this much weight on me. They have this right. much experience. If it was somebody lower than me and got me, I would be like, oh, well I'm tired. You know, it's, it's uh, been a rough day and it's like, so done. And that was like when I was like, that was high school jujitsu for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just like, you got to get over that or else like there's no longevity in the sport. Like right. you're going to like suffer weekly with this like inner conflict, you know, like you got to get over that. Yeah. And that's something that I've just like fortunately gotten better at with, with age. I think, you know, okay. just losing, just you know, <laughs> right. you just got to lose dude. Like you gotta lose. Yeah. You honestly. lose less than you used to though. You have to admit that. Yeah, right? for sure. Which some, which is interesting because that sometimes makes the losses a little harder. Yeah. You know? Right. A lot harder. Cause you're supposed to be better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's like all of these expectations that you put on yourself really. Mm-hmm. Like the, if you get caught, you probably re- really get caught, you know, like it's not some dumb mistake or it could be, but it, you know, it's, it's not some like, like beginner move that you get put in, like you get caught and rightfully so. But, uh, yeah, the, it it makes it a little tougher, but once again, with that maturity, it's kind of like, okay, but they also, they earned that. Like they got that. And that was sick. Like I can acknowledge that, you know, like whatever they did, like that was awesome. And it fucking worked. They probably researched it all night and they're like super stoked now, you know, 
That's that's so that's cool. And plus, it makes it so much easier that you, I just love like everybody to death at the gym. Like, there's like everybody there is so great. Now, if it were like a huge gym where there were like some more like problematic individuals, I'm sure it would be different. But right. like, it's such a good atmosphere. Oh like, yeah, you know, like it's such a, and it's interesting because there is what I find. I think I just said this. I'm repeating myself. Interesting is that there is a like. You have to prove yourself still at this gym though, right? For sure, like, yeah, yeah. That I've noticed in the last three to six months, mm-hmm. people are like, this is where you made the mistake. And then they'll show, and they'll even like practice where I made the mistake mm-hmm. and do this or do that. Whereas maybe before that, it was like, yeah, whatever. You know, and right. not, yeah. not in a dick way. Sure. It's just a way like, okay, are you well, I don't know if this through, person's going to be here. Yeah. yeah. Are you serious yeah. enough that this is what you're going to do? Sure. And I've noticed that in the last three to six months. That's like, oh. Yeah. And that feels, as a white belt, right? Yeah. That feels really good totally. to, to like have, yeah. be like, hey, no, you should try this or do this. Some, you For know. sure. And then yeah. they show you what you did wrong or what you could do to do right or right. shit like well, that. Like I'm it's so that's a good point. It's like this, like acceptance and like, okay, he's sticking around. Awesome. But it's also like, you're getting better. So like while like versus if you were like a weekend and like you made a mistake, if somebody tried to explain it to you, it may not make uh, sense. That's a great you know? point. Yeah. Like it would be much harder to explain. Uh, I think. Yeah. That's, while, a, yeah, that's a good point. While yeah. now not only like everybody's like, okay, we love Josh to death mm-hmm. and he's like sticking with it. Like, Hell yeah. But it's also like, oh, he would also like understand like where we're coming yeah, from. That's a good point. You know? I didn't think about yeah. it like that. That's 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 so true, right? Like Yeah, 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 for sure. And what's interesting, I you know, I'm an obsessive I'm fucking obsessed. Hell yeah, man. I can tell. I love it. Fucking Pat triangled me oh, yeah. Pat T <laughs> last Saturday. Yeah. And then I just obsessed about how do I get out of triangles. Yeah. Same with Chow. Chow always triangles me, but sure. I just kind of made it like, oh fuck. Of course he's going to triangle me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But when Pat does like, hey, we're the same <laughs> and they didn't, and I'm obsessed how to get out of triangles all yeah. week long. And then, then I got out of Chow's triangle yes. and I got yes. out of Pat's triangle. I'm like, yes, yes. this, I you love know, it. Yeah. That's such, that's the beautiful thing about jujitsu is like, you can obsess about it and you can like apply that. Well, like I can't speak for like other martial arts cause I've never done another martial mm-hmm. art, but I feel like you can't like test it out the way that you want compared to like jujitsu where you can like go like full throttle and be fine, but you can also test out what you've been like researching. That's yeah, such a cool Chow thing. totally got me in the wheel kick. I'm going to get yeah, that. Yeah. Wheel. I'm going to block that wheel kick. I don't think it exactly. works like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so true. I never thought 100%. about that too. Yeah. You can like totally like, Oh, I can defend that and figure that out. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause and more than likely kill the other, like yeah. kill the other person. Right. right. Yeah. Or knock them out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what is your, um, how long have you been in a relationship and what does she think of jujitsu? So I've been with my girlfriend for like two and a half okay. years up towards three years now. Okay. So a while. Yeah. Quite a while. Um, she's so indifferent about it. <laughs> Interesting. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Like I tried to like, I, I've just the mere notion of like, Hey, like you should come like train. She's also like, like a hundred pounds and like, <laughs> like she's like, ah, mm. no, I would literally break in half. I'm not doing that. But just like the the notion of like, hey, you should come train. Like, we could probably find a gi that like fits you. Like, it'd be fun. She's like, Mm-mm, nope, no interest nope. whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, she's uh, but she's so cool about me like just like bailing every night. 
but I also live on the same block. So it's like, it's very convenient. Oh, you do live. Yeah. I live on the same block as the gym. So that's super convenient, but she's so chill about it. Just like, okay, we have to make dinner like fast this, this evening. Cause you're teaching kids. It's like, yeah. Aww. But yeah. She's yeah. She's the best. What does she do? She works at KU. She, I can't, I don't really know her title, but she does like, she just recently like overhauled the, the English department and history department's website. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she does a lot of like web design. And so stuff. like I not, would that be it still if you do? I'm sure. Style? Yeah. It's, it know. falls under that category for sure. Cool. Yeah. yeah she's like really good at it too. She'll know. show me shit. And I'm just like, that looks like a professional ass website that you would just like see like online, <laughs> you know, like she's, and she's like, Oh, thanks. I made that like an hour ago. Okay. Yeah. She's really good at it. That's cool. Here's um, as we kind of figure out how to wrap this wonderful conversation up. Yeah. How did you become a trash man? How did I? Be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, I minored in trashology. Uh, yeah. So uh, graduated college, had a copious amount of debt that was extremely intimidating to mm-hmm. me. And uh, it was daunting. So I thought, okay, more than likely I can't just jump into the film industry, start at the bottom, get paid nothing and, you know, pay rent and also these giant loans. So I was like, okay, I think I'm just gonna have to like bite the bullet, put on my blue collar boots and like, just like nose to the grindstone, pay off these loans in like four years and then comfortably try to build my way up in the industry because mm-hmm. it's such an unforgiving industry. Cause I would have to move like almost certainly. Right. Um, or not now, if you think about it. Yeah, maybe it. not. That's a good point. I mean, my instructor won an Oscar from Lawrence, Kansas. So, you know, yeah. and people are, you know, the people are bailing from that area yeah, and doing point. things differently now. So yeah. you might, that's a good point. Yeah. It, so it's, yeah, it's definitely gotten better, but, uh, nonetheless, the loans were like super daunting mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I saw this out. I actually made a joke about it. I was like, I'll just be a trash man. My girlfriend's like, no, please. And then, uh, <laughs> so judgy, but yeah, I know. I was I so, yeah, kind of well, like, she, yeah, you know? she thought that I would be like plain and trash or something. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And, uh, I, uh, saw a, an ad online and I was like, I'm going to apply. Like it pays really well. Like, and it has awesome benefits. What I'm going to do it. You know, it seems like a, like a, a job where I can like think and like figure out like script stuff, mm-hmm. like on the job. And it, I, I can't. And I also work with super cool people. I work with a lot of dudes who are super into film. So we have just like awesome kick ass cool. convos all day. Yeah. I work with a guy who used to coach me in jujitsu and he's like the coolest. Yeah. It's just like, there are a lot of super cool people there. I mean, it's, it's been almost a year now and I've knocked out a lot alone, you know? So it's a nice. good feeling. Yeah. Especially with their pause right now because of COVID, but there's a pause on on loans yeah no no interest or anything and it's been like that for months and months now why don't i fucking pay attention to this shit <laughs> dude like, it's been a lifesaver so much do i have to reply for anything or is my oh, no, loan just, just going to the it, it just pauses no interest so my so my payment is just going to the balance yeah i don't oh uh, wait to, uh yeah yeah no you don't have to, to do the anything interest no not towards interest no interest at all just going to the Oh yeah, if you look at it, it's probably like significantly lower. Fuck, I need to look at that. I'm sure. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably I'm should. So like, yeah. <laughs> I just don't like. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just an idiot like that. No, so, okay. man, no, no, no. It's uh, just kind of in 
in the on the back burner but yeah it's it's been a lifesaver and it's it's a really good job I, like i said i work with super cool people so back in the day i don't you probably remember this on some level is that guys used to ride around on the back yeah right yeah. and you stop oh yeah and you have to pick up the thing and mm-hmm. do that now it's the truck comes up. So do you drive the truck that oh, picks no. up the thing? And I'm riding on the back, baby. You're riding on the yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're still doing that. People still ride on the back. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to get rid of them like slowly. Like okay. the, what's called like, they just want like the automated trucks, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, so there's still the ride on the back oh, trucks. Yeah. yeah. Whole bunch of them. Cause they got to get through the alleyways and stuff. Oh, for like, yeah. Heat. yeah. Oh, and then you roll like the big dumpsters. Yeah. The roll the dumpster mm-hmm. out. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I get it. Now I get it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, do you so have, I'm still doing that. Do you still have, do you like have the same route every week? How does that mm-hmm. like, I've always wanted to ask these weird questions. Absolutely. About, yeah. Um, I don't. So I get put on like a random truck every day. Sometimes okay. it's the same truck two days in a row. Okay. Most of the time it's not. Um, I'm, I know everybody. So it's like, each truck is just like, okay, whatever. Like I, I don't know the routes specifically. Mm-hmm. The drivers obviously do cause they do them every day. And sometimes they have another loader who does, who is permanent on that truck. Okay. But for me being a newer guy, only like a year in, I am not, I, I, I don't, I'm what's called labor pool. So they just put me where I'm needed. Okay. And sometimes I drive like a small trash truck by myself. I have, oh, I have small the, ones. I've yeah. seen those. Yeah. Yeah. So I drive those quite often, Okay. but I also have my license to drive one of the big trucks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. always like a super good thing to have. And I was like, honestly more stoked about getting that license than I was like to get a college degree. <laughs> I was like, yes. Is that, what is that? A, uh, class, B? class B CDO. Class yeah. B. Okay. Yeah, I was so stoked to get it. That's oh my pretty God. cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, do you do recycling too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's recycling trash cardboard and what's called yard waste. Okay. Which oh, is like the, the, bags brown, the brown yeah, one in the bags. Yeah. Um, we had a really crabby, um, recycle guy. Oh, really? Who um, will leave us notes if our bin's a little open mm. from the recycling? What's that about? What's a, what's it? What is it about? Like having it little, our our lid a little open and not all the way mm. closed with our recycling. Those are guys that have been there for years and years and years and years, and they are so jaded, and they're just the t- kind of the type of people who like anything's gonna gonna piss them piss off. them yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, I saw them yell at our at our. Um, recycle bin one time like you got out for some reason i had to do something i was like screaming oh, no. at it and then <laughs> that sounds yeah up. that sounds and then, accurate like, then one time it was like a little above that like the lid was a little open and i saw <laughs> right. the little like note on there that said you should get another recycle oh lord i'm like yeah it's it all fits still yeah yeah <laughs> i just think yeah i'm just like oh I that's so it. lame i get no i get it like yeah. it's like you know People have their thing, but I just they, find like, that they, stuff. Some people like, just have to find something to bitch about, yeah. like no matter the industry. And that's like, it's not, you know, that's the way it is here yeah. too. You know, mostly everybody I work with is super cool. Oh yeah. I'm sure but he's I a could fucking see... great dude, but I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sure like, it just like, he's like, fuck these, this fast. That's again. so, <laughs> that's so lame and though. Like, She's like, dude, just smash it down. Jesus. You know what's weird? My wife and I were talking about this, like the amount that we recycle compared to what our trash is. Oh is yeah. Cool. I yeah. mean, People should be happy. Like yeah. we have maybe th- two to three bags of trash a week. Maybe. Mm, yeah. And our recycle bin's always full. Yeah. That's pretty common. So we're it's doing something for the environment. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, do, um, so do you have a, like a plan? Like, uh, mm. like I'm going to do this until all the loans are paid off and then it's girlfriend's going to, going to support me and I'm going to write. 
<laughs> yeah, that that's the goal. Okay. Uh, no, I, uh, I mean, but yeah, honestly, yeah, just work until I pay off the loan, which like I said, I've knocked out like almost half of it, which that's is awesome. so nice. That's awesome. And, uh, it's such a good feeling. So just like working towards that, I don't, and just like continuing to write while doing that mm-hmm. and then focusing on like, okay, now I can work on like a second draft. Now mm-hmm. I can work on a third and like, now I can try to sell it maybe. So just like building that portfolio as I'm working and like paying off loans. And then that's when I like, that's like, okay, now I'm ready to like send off different pieces of work to like whoever, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. So like definitely like nose to the grindstone while working, you know, mm-hmm. this, it's kind of, it's a mindless job, you know, it's a great job, but it's mind, you know, you can turn your brain off and you can like, just think about other shit, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's uh right, right, right. Loans paid off. Now like the actual work happens mm-hmm. and like, I have to like try to like market myself. That's cool. Though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it'll a be a plan. Time. I like, uh, yeah. it's a, I, I proof <laughs> right on, <laughs> right on. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, what's your favorite submission? Not last, but Mm -hmm. we're going. We're heading down that thing. What's your favorite submission? Triangle. Triangle. Okay. (laughs) What is it about the triangle that is your favorite? So I I've been asked that before, and I can't. I obviously like my body type. I can land in triangles from a lot of different angles. Okay. So that it's always kind of there, which is a big thing. But also, it has to just be the submission that I've done the most. Therefore, I understand it the most, like on like a physical level. Like I can comfortably get it from most angles while with like something else, like I have to put a lot more work into it and like a lot more bending, but with a triangle, it's very like one motion for me. Okay. And I think it just boils down to, like I said, I think that's the move that I've done like 10,000 times. So it's just, it's kind of, it's something I understood at from like early on was the triangle. Like maybe it was the first submission I learned. I don't know that Mm -hmm. an arm bar, but I mean with a triangle, there's always an arm bar. So, right. Okay. So now I know work on when I get submitted by Colton in the triangle, work on breaking Colton's triangle. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good to know. Good to yeah. Know. Yeah. But he can kill me with something else. Okay. Um, will you, you're young, 25, 24, 25. Yep. Um, purple belt. Do you, will you continue to compete always? Like do you see yourself just continuing doing jujitsu wherever you go. Yeah. Going, 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 going. Yeah, for sure. So I've never been like a huge competitor. I know I understand that it's like totally important and I respect that. And, um, it's, I, I'm more so just, I like rolling with my friends, you know, mm-hmm. I like, I love, uh, like training camps where like others are going to compete and like being the guy in there, like mm-hmm. to like push them. I love that. But just my game is just so off kilter when I compete. Like I, it's, you know, it's just a, another mental hurdle that you kind of have to get past that I haven't quite mastered yet, which nobody does, but I am not near to the point of that. Um, and, and what do you mean that others mastered? Maybe not, or you said something like that. Well, like, haven't. like the nerves that come with competing. Like okay. I, I'm not myself when I compete. Okay. Like I, I'm, I have blinders on. Mm-hmm. I, I make silly mistakes. I get caught and like I've had tournaments where I do well. Granted, I had like my training partners with me. That was specifically uh, Rivers. I had them with me. Um, and so I, I competed better just like having them in my corner, obviously. But in the past, it's I, I, I have a plan and then it just like obviously goes to the wayside once like we start. Right. 
and I'm just, I'm never happy with my performance, but like when I roll in the gym, like I have so much fun while when I compete, mm. like I, not only do I have to pay, <laughs> but stressful I, for it's you. so incredibly stressful. Like I want to throw up like the entire time I'm rolling. It's oh. just, I don't find a whole lot of joy in it. Oh, and like, I feel sick afterwards too. Huh. Yeah, like I feel like physically ill, like so on the way. You're not home. going to Tulsa. I am going to Tulsa. <laughs> then fuck yes. Yeah, we we'll work on this. I yeah, can, I, yeah. We we can work on this For sure. pressure and and just kind of finding the a little bit of joy in it. I'm not yeah, gonna, totally. I'm gonna fix it today, do. but right. do a little do a little um, sports psychology with you yes. on on that. So please do. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Colt, man, this has been a lot of fucking fun. Dude. This was awesome, man. This was awesome. Yeah. I think we're going to probably have to do it again. Yes. Because I have some ideas of wh- how we could do a few th- podcasts in the future. Like maybe watch a few films, come back and talk about them yes. or something like in that kind of way. That'd be but, awesome. Yeah. I look forward to another conversation. So. Hell yeah, man. Thanks, Thanks for Thanks again, me. man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everybody, remember perseverance through strength and vulnerability. Peace. Sweet.